Hey, and welcome back to Oops All Scaries. Uh, it's me again, Dave, and I'm here with Jacqueline as usual. Back at again with the Halloween. And yeah, as Jacqueline said, we're back on that Halloween again. Uh, in our first episode, we discussed the 1978 horror classic Halloween, uh, directed by John Carpenter, written by him and Deborah Hill. Uh, this time, we are uh, much like the 2018 Halloween. We're skipping all of the sequels. They never happened. Not in this version. So without further ado. Well, hold on. I have one thing I want to say first. I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes score. Very surprised. The critics score, 79%. This may be certified fresh. And then 70% from the audience. Wait, so and the critics was what again? 79. So it had a higher critical rating than an audience Mm -hmm. rating. There were far more audience rates, though, like over 10,000 reviews, which Mm -hmm. is bonkers. That's a lot. Well, it's a pretty big franchise. I mean, I saw this in theaters when it came out. Same. I felt obligated. What theater did you see it in? Oh, my God. It was one. Actually, I I may have seen it at the Chicago Ridge AMC. Ooh, that's a good yeah. theater. I like the seats. Yeah, they're, they're nice now. At that point, they had the yes, good ones. Yes, they had the nice, big, comfy ones that you can recline. And I saw it at the Logan. That's why I asked. I wondered if you saw it there, too. No, I'm not cool like you. <laughs> All right, now, roll roll into that opening. For those of you, well, if you haven't seen it, I don't know why you're listening to this. Well, <laughs> I do know why you're listening to this. Please ignore me. I'm silly. <laughs> but so it opens up and we're at Smith's Grove's uh, re- rehabilitation facility uh, and we get our our first two like side characters because I wouldn't say they're really main characters. I just call them the podcast. I thought well, they no. would be. I thought they would. be. I forgot. You really? I'll admit I forgot this whole movie, dude. I everything I remembered. Uh, I remembered the how like Lori Strode's house. Yeah. And how she well, was. Like she her went all stuff. Sarah Connor. Now she's and, bunkered up. Military yep. trait. Well, yeah. I remembered that. I did not remember the podcast. I hated them. I thought that they were going to be more throughout the movie. And I was like, how did I not remember? They're not very memorable characters. Spoiler alert. They die. But their death is really cool. I enjoyed yeah. that. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I just thought for some reason that they were a bigger role. And I think I was kind of getting this movie fused with a lot of others. Interesting. Of the time. I don't know what other movies, but I just feel like. That was going to be my question. This movie just looks like other movies. Like the actual look, the era, maybe just like the style of mm-hmm. clothing and the music, like when the kids are at the dance. Well, I mean, it's very, it's contemporary. It, it, it takes place in 2018 yeah. because they specifically mentioned that it's 40 uh-huh. years uh and so i mean maybe that's why you looked out the window and you're like hey i recognize it we're in halloween (laughs) but yeah we get those podcasters not uh, my favorite characters i actually found them quite boring um and we we get our first bit of retcon or rather significant difference from the original timeline in that it's stated that uh michael myers been in captivity for 40 years uh that right at the end of the original film which is where we had that awesome i shot him six times and stuff uh by <laughs> loomis uh he's nope uh, he just got caught by a police officer and hawkins 
who he is a character later. Uh, and then he's just like, okay, so he's been in captivity, which, okay, I, I can roll with that. And then we meet Dr. Sartain, who is a bigger character mm. than I thought he'd. <sighs> I, I, yeah, same. Okay, so you're, <sighs> was that <laughs> just because you I hate him? Hate him as in you just, do you think he's a, a well-written character or do you just hate him because, I mean, Spoiler alert, we hate him because he's kind of a dick later. We'll get to that. So that was very predictable. So like I mentioned, I forgot a lot about this movie. Mm -hmm. I have only seen it the one time in theaters, never again. And that's not that long ago, but a lot has changed since then. About three years almost. Yeah. Yeah. But I usually have a pretty good memory. I don't know why this stuff didn't stick with me. But instantly I'm like, okay, we have this doctor. He's kind of a crackpot. He says verbatim, he's my life's obsession. I'm like, okay, he's a fanboy. No good news is going to happen from him. I also think it's just funny when it's just like, okay, here's this old man, kind of a vague accent. He's definitely smart. We definitely should trust him and his like background. As Lori no. says later, you're the new Loomis. But, but I don't no, even want to call him he's that. He's not. He's not. And I don't yeah. think he's supposed to be. But it, they it, they set him up. He's supposed to be the opposite. In the end, yeah. Uh, but they set him up to yeah. appear as though he might be kind of the new Loomis, the doctor. I mean, he is Michael's doctor. Yeah, he's the one that's like invested in studying him, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. I think anyone with a brain cell like would be nervous about him like when he tries so desperately to help transport michael no i would have said no oh you would have i was one of those cops or guards i would have been like you you cannot come in here Hmm. you don't have the clearance or something you know i honestly missed it so i fall into the category of people without brain cells so anyone listening don't feel (laughs) offended you're not alone uh but no i honestly i thought he was a crackpot but I didn't think he would be willing to go as far as he did go. He weaseled his way up really high, I think. It actually makes, when you learn uh, later the twist, makes the fact that he gets shot at one point. Uh, I always laugh at that scene. But, I'll, uh, but it's <laughs> I laughed at it even before I knew it was a twist. But we'll get to that. Yeah, spoiler alert. He gets shot. Yeah. But so we're, we're in this part. opening scene. We got the sanitarium or sorry, rehabilitation facility. Uh, and the podcaster dude reveals dun, 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 that he has Michael's mask. Uh, apparently, like the, some assistant district attorney got it and gave it to him. But I, I, I yes, I had a hard time believing that I did. <laughs> but I thought it was a cool moment, at least mainly because this movie and I think some even before kind of the, there is this importance placed on the mask and Michael isn't like Michael Myers without the mask just doesn't feel the same. No, it's very strange, but I do like the way that they still angled the camera so we wouldn't see his face. The first time later when we finally see Michael Myers like in a clear shot is when he gets the mask. Up until then, we either mm-hmm. see side angles back, It's he's blurry, he's out of focus, a really mm-hmm. zoomed in shot. Uh, just you never can get a clear fix on his face, um, which I, I like. I'm, I'm with you on that part. But I got to say, when he held out that mask for him, I absolutely hated it. Uh, I wanted to murder this podcaster. And 
first of all, why do these podcast people have so much clout? And then later on, when they go to meet with Lori, she's like, well, we're journalists. And I'm like, well, then why have you been telling people that you're making a podcast? Well, because they do make a podcast. And and the journalist part is she's like, wait a second, Lori's older. I uh, She's understand. like, she probably didn't get to know what this podcast shit is. Like, yeah, I'm just right. going to say we're journalists. Like, let's cut to because in that part, the, the guy, I think his character's name is Aaron. He's like bumbling. He's like, uh, we're um, we're here. We drove a long way. I'm like, dude, shut up. Let her take over. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah. But I just think that they had so much access. I don't know. It just seemed crazy. And like tracking down everyone's, I don't know, letting clearance to get into that mental facility. But when he held out that mask, I was just like, oh, who's a good serial killer? Are you going to do a little trick? Who's a good serial killer? Come on. Come on. (laughs) Like, I hated it. What did he expect him to do? I liked the idea of that moment because I liked that when he held up the mask, Michael twitched like there's mm-hmm. a you, you get to see him from the side and I think the camera's like down low but you see his head kind of like twitch like he does feel the mask which adds mm-hmm. to that supernatural thing but that moment as a whole I literally had it down in my notes because at one he does says like you know you feel it Michael you feel the mask um so it's a part of you mm-hmm. and then at one part he says like say something Michael say something and when he just says that, I just think like, say something, I'm giving <laughs> up on you. <laughs> I hate it. And because of that, the, the line, say something or like, what did he say? Comes up so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like half a dozen times yeah. at least in this movie. More than it's enough. All I can, it's all I could think of is say something. And I'm like, I'm giving up on you. But and then we get to like the boom, it's the credits. Oh, loved credits. that. Felt good. It felt real good. Okay, I was going to ask you about that because if I recall from our last episode, you weren't feeling the, the opening credits too much on the original. I enjoy it, but I just was trying to be facetious and say that the jack-o'-lantern wasn't that great. And I thought it was interesting that the credits go on for so long because we don't really do that anymore. Right. That's all. And so now you enjoyed it because... Well, yeah, why do you enjoy this one then? Or were you feeling it? I was just ready. I was ready to feel like the original Halloween after that opening because it was a lot different, you know? Um, there was all those like cut scenes, very a very different style of filmmaking. Which well, this was one good. had a scene and then it cut to the title where I believe the original is just starts with... No, I mean all of those individual oh, yeah. cuts like zooming oh, gotcha. in on someone's eyes or the clock or like oh whatever. toward the end of that the, that scene yeah because then it does mm-hmm. go and in the very the, beginning goes to the too. clock and then all the the other people in the yard mm-hmm. like one guy is like Figaro. and mm-hmm. then everyone the starts kind of, everyone starts acting up getting all riled yeah. up okay I enjoyed it but then there's the cut and then there's our born again jack-o'-lantern rising from rotten into beautiful yeah the reverse time lapse uh, from of a pumpkin uh, Mm -hmm. going from just moldy and bleh and rising up Uh, i liked it because it was a twist on the originals credits instead of just zooming in to the uh the jack-o'-lantern and then this is something i i didn't know but i realized after watching a few videos uh when it zooms in on the upper right 
Well, it would be the jack-o'-lantern's left eye, but it's on the upper right side for us. Uh, and the nose, it actually looks like a silhouette of Michael holding a knife. It look, The eye looks somewhat like Michael's face, and the nose sticking up looks like a knife. Is that why it has like the line that I was talking shit about? <laughs> uh, it appears that it may have been somewhat intentional, if not fully intentional. So... Yeah, I learned that and I was like, oh shit, I never saw that. But in, you win I, some, you lose some, you know. I, I, I watched where they did a comparison between the original and this one. And in 2018 version, it, the fact that the right eye uh, looks more like a face, it is more pronounced, like it, because it's supposed to be a jagged mm-hmm. uh, circle, uh, but it almost, you can definitely see that there's a shape of the nose mm. uh, in it. So it's more pronounced. Interesting. Also, Danny motherfucking McBride helped co- <laughs> or was one of the co-writers on this. Like the yep. the comedian that I was very surprised. I mean, I guess I shouldn't, as you even said earlier, comedy and horror, you know, same or different sides of the same point. Oh, yes. man, you missed it. So for those of us <laughs> who don't know, uh, before we were talking, uh, before we recorded, we were kind of discussing uh, the director a little bit and how he wasn't known for horror. And Jacqueline aptly noted that uh, a lot of times comedy and horror share many similarities, which is something I also agree on. But yeah, so that's all. I wasn't completely surprised. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus, I know a lot of people that are really into horror and comedies, and I like horror yeah. comedies. After that, also, you, if you can always cut me off if I'm just fucking saying something and you got something to talk. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I my notes in this one are definitely like uh, chronological and then with some questions at the end. I was just looking up what else he has helped uh, like produce or anything. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be on for the the other Halloween movies. The sequels. But nothing else that I recognize. That's all. Continue on with your extensive notes. So yeah, then, then we go back to the podcasters because we love them so much. And they're going to see... Lori Strode. So hell yeah. We learned that she's gone all hardcore survivalist. Like her home is a mini fortress, bars on the windows, the gates, the cameras. I got to say, if I had just a little bit more trauma and a lot more money, (laughs) I would be like that. I don't know. I think the first time I saw this, I was all for it. And subsequent viewings, I still understand it, but it just seems... Man, I, and now I seem like the the dick. What's his name? Dave, the stoner boyfriend, who's like, you know, a lot of worse things happen. But like, <laughs> man, she went. I feel like just if if because Halloween two was taken out of the continuity, where mm-hmm. it was more clear that like he became her obsession. And I know they do try and build that uh, idea in this one that they're, you know, one is the other. They're they're somehow linked and they yeah. affect each other. I don't know. It, it just. The fact that I, I, after watching the original and just thinking, okay, it's been 40 years and she's still thinking this motherfucker's coming. I might think she's a little paranoid too. Um, I, obviously, it turns out she's right uh, yeah. in story thing. They, they but really I, her on that one. Yeah. Uh, like when her she, granddaughter says, you've been preparing for him all this time. You've lost your family over it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this doesn't age well. Yeah. Well, it happens literally like six hours later because it's like fucking Halloween. Yeah. Um, yeah so but I, I'm all for it. And I still I like it because I like yeah. the idea of badass Laurie Strode. She was badass mm-hmm. in the original. Uh, 
just without, you know, all the knowledge, she was just inherently smart and, and resourceful. You yeah. mentioned that, but in this one, like she's got the added knowledge of I've been training on shooting. I know yeah. how to use these weapons. Like if you come for me and she wants to kill him too, I get that. But like, that's the interesting thing is that she says, I've been praying every night that he would get out so I could kill him. But then at the same time, she has this like fortress. To, I don't know. It just seems like she's so she's playing every side. She's offense. She's defense. But she also is like wanting him to come at the same time, not only fearing. So it's interesting that she's I think she's trying to psych herself up for it, that she doesn't really believe that, mm. you know, she's like, I want him to come out so I can kill him. But at the same time, she's definitely very afraid. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely fear. I do like that she not only has... I have mixed feelings on the trap, so we'll get to that. <laughs> but I like that she's thought of traps, not just... Oh, yeah. No, I understand. You know, locking yeah. doors and whatnot. No, I get that. They sit down. <laughs> well, they they she doesn't even want to let them in. And the lady comes prepared with her uh, envelope of $3,000. Three G's, baby. The podcaster dude is literally, he's just fumbling. He's like, uh, hi, we're so-and-so and, and we blah, blah. And then she's all like, we're. But that's so funny. It's, it's funny. Because oh. he comes over with the, he's talking into his little mic and he's saying oh, all yeah. these like eloquent shit. And the girl, she definitely believes None of it. Oh, yeah. You know, she's like, oh, my God, he's so full of shit. He's so full of himself. Like, she's the backbone of this. Oh, I, it, it became very clear, though, that, that yeah. especially that scene, because it was like, dude, how have you ever interviewed anyone when that's your lead? She's right? just like, we're investigative journalists and we're talking, you know, and she starts saying <laughs> about why we're here. And then when it gets silent, pulls out the three grand. How does three thousand dollars sound? And I think it sounds pretty damn good. I would let them in too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they go talk about Michael and her mm-hmm. history with the shape. So is he real? The boogeyman? Why is he mocking her? Why is he immediately a piece of garbage to her? I think that they're both not that he's he's definitely a bigger piece of garbage, but they but both are definitely... asking questions. Mm-hmm. Well, she's the one that also gets them. Definitely, I think, kicked out because she says uh, they're asking about Lori's background. Apparently, we, we learned that she had two failed marriages. Uh, her daughter was taken away, away from her when she was 12. And she also asked the question, uh, how long was it until you got cu- uh, regained custody? And then she's like, I didn't. But you already knew that. And that's when she kicks him out. But they're both. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also tries to pull the uh, I, Michael's never talked to anyone uh, but I think he would talk to you. So come with us. Let us help you free yourself. Why? Because he wants to be the, he thing. wants those. Yeah. He wants them dollar bills, but he's seeing numbers. Like, look at everyone's going to hear. It's Laurie Strode and Michael Myers on my Michael show. Michael Myers will speak for the first time. Yeah. Oh, he's seeing dollar dollar bills. I get it. But that's what he says on their way over. He's saying into his little handheld microphone, talk boy, essentially. They've both been it's Kevin McAllister. <laughs> if he was Kevin McAllister, he would have done a better job in that bathroom. Yeah, he would have set some traps outside of the bathroom <laughs> and lured Michael out. Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> and then just drops teeth. But 
which then Michael would have tripped on. Anyway. Anyway. So yeah, he, he really pushes the fact of what like Lori's become and how damaging this lifestyle is. Blah, 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 whatever. I hate this guy so much, but I get it. We got to move fast. You know, the movie can only be so long, Mm -hmm. but if you're going to have an interview with someone, I think you should start with a couple nice questions. Yeah. They literally maybe a compliment. Ooh, love what you've done with the place. Or start slowly. Fort Knox ain't got nothing on you, you know? Do you think that if this hadn't been a movie, uh, this scene would have been longer? Where they they started with some slow questions and then moved it. If this was like a like a mini series or something, mm-hmm. or even like a two parter, which would have been bonkers because it's such a short amount of time, I think it would have lasted a little bit longer, and I think it should have because I kind of wondered too how much interaction Lori has with people because clearly it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. So it would have, and even in the movie itself, we don't really see much of her interacting with other people. So I think that just would have been nice. I think it made sense. And because it is a screenplay, it is something that's going to be on screen. That's valuable uh, time. And so we got what we needed out of that conversation. But I was also thinking about that just for the time that they was there. She's like, I'll accept my payment. I was like, what if they like, Mm -hmm. we were here for like two minutes. Yeah. You want my three grand? No. Like, I, and then thankfully they gave it to her. So like my, mm-hmm. my inner anxiety spiked up. Cause I'm like, they're going to say, fuck you. I'm not giving you three grand for you answered one or two. You said the boogeyman was real. That was what we yeah. got. Um, either way, the, the, just the fact that that conversation was so short, it seemed, I get your point. It, they should have, you'd think they'd open up about her life in the last few years. Weren't they award-winning podcaster journalists? Because people? they get right to the facts. <laughs> they skip the easy questions we like to look at it through an unbiased lens to find out yeah things and we think that there's more to what what you suffered we could uncover she's like there's nothing else here yeah he killed five people yeah they were my friends most most of them anyway yeah (laughs) yeah but it, it didn't set us up to be very sympathetic for uh couple scenes down the, the road, podcasters you know? yeah as i said i enjoyed this movie overall but like you know there i do have some issues um and that's definitely yeah. I, I gave absolutely zero fucks about uh and i call them the podcasters and then i know their name they think it's aaron um and i'm trying to remember the, their names i but, couldn't tell you uh well yeah he's he is aaron um aaron Corey, true crime podcaster and why does it not list? Oh, and then her name is uh, Dana Haynes. So it's Aaron and Dana. If you say so. Anyway, so after that scene, we go, this is, I believe, uh, the Allison and her family. Uh, I don't remember their last names. I, I want to say Strode, but it's not Strode because it's uh, Ray and her mom. His name. I always forget. Karen. Is it Karen? It's Karen. See, I, it's I, Nelson. It's Karen Nelson, played by the lovely Judy Greer. Mm-hmm. And then Allison. And it's Allison, A L L Y. Yeah, S-O-N. like Ally Son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that means something. I thought it. I don't know. <laughs> I sorry. just, every time in my notes, I had to write it that way. So it became like a mnemonic in my head, like Ally yeah. Son for Allison. So it's just, that's how I was writing. I'm like, okay, this is how you spell this Allison. She's going to be a 
Michael Myers sympathizer. Hey, at the end, she's holding the knife. And one of the other Halloween movies that didn't bode well for the daughter. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay, hold on. Let's take a sidetrack real quick and talk about Jamie. Yes, Jamie was. Uh, you're thinking Jamie what's... because Jamie. No, Jamie was the daughter. No, that's the name. That's the name in the movie. But what's her? The actress's name. Danielle Harris, remember? I believe. She wanted so badly to be in this movie, dude. Mm-hmm. And she, she wanted uh, so badly. I think she was disappointed when. Left on red, apparently. Yeah, and what sucks, I guess I understand, uh, because the character, apparently when they were writing this, mm-hmm. the daughter started out as Jamie. They were mm-hmm. going to use that character from canon, and you know they were going to change things, but still is Jamie. And over time, it became Karen, and they changed it. So yeah, I get that. That kind of sucks, but I actually, I was very surprised, because I didn't think about that when I first watched the movie. I didn't think like, oh yeah, she had a daughter in the other ones. I mean, I thought about it, but the fact that they just switched it but then they disregarded the canon. It's complicated. I'm, I'm curious why they ended up switching so much, though. But I always keep forgetting her name's Karen because yeah. I know it had a K because later on with the gun, oh, it says I just says don't want to think anyone's name is Karen. That's exactly what it is. I keep thinking, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just I'm just projecting that onto someone. I'm like, yeah. so what's her name? No, it's Karen. God dang. Yeah. She, and she never really gets to play a lead either. Yeah. She's always like in this. She's got an OK a, a decent role in this. I mean, she is the daughter of Laurie Strode, but I mean, yeah. Allison is kind of the replacement as the mm-hmm. final girl somewhat. And then Laurie Strode, you can't replace her, even though she's the grandma, she's still the badass. You, you, yeah. She's got that, that uh, weight that she carries, you know, over that role. So yeah, it, it was strange. I'm like, man, she's always cast in these movies. I'm like, Oh, they're doing it. And she's in it. But then she's never like the main person, which makes me sad. Right. Uh, so we, were, we we started talking about the family breakfast. I got peanut butter on my penis. They made this dad be so silly. Yeah, I'm. I have mixed feelings on the dad because I Hate both. <laughs> <laughs> so I like how I was gonna say I I partially love him and I partially makes me uncomfortable, but it makes me uncomfortable too because I see some of myself in him and I'm like, oh my god, no, not like. I make some stupid jokes yeah. and like, yes, I don't know. I feel like when I grow up or I, when I grow up, says the <laughs> guy in his mid thirties, when I grow up, <laughs> I feel like, you know, if I have kids or, you know, with my niece, like I'd be trying to relate to the boyfriend. And later on, he, he kind of like talks about, I trip balls we with your dad. And, the, and, you know, I was like, you know, cause he's, he's letting him like be vulnerable. So I kind of felt it, but I also sometimes also, also thought is he faking this just so like you'll say something and he'll be like got you motherfucker <laughs> but okay hold on to talk about that peyote thing i'm like oh so the passing white guy says yeah i'm seven percent cherokee, cherokee. And he's like yeah of course you are your dad gave me peyote what was that i don't wait did he actually make that like his his lead-in i thought that he mentioned that i thought that was two separate conversations i thought first they were talking about the dna and then he was talking and about his dad. You can find out a lot of cool things like my dad's 7% Cherokee. And, and then he's like, oh, your dad. But then he's like, yeah, your dad. I know you. Oh, Lonnie. Yeah. And then he starts telling a story about Lonnie. I don't. Maybe I just didn't see that just because <laughs> it came up that he's saying, oh, yeah, have your part, you know, 7% Cherokee peyote. I was just like, I thought it was, oh, yeah, speaking of your dad, him and I used to do some stupid shit because I, I didn't notice until I watched the video. 
because that character, I don't remember their last name, mm-hmm. but his dad, I believe, is yeah, one of the bullies in the original Halloween. That the 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 kid that gets he's carrying home his, his pumpkin, and he gets he knocked down and it crushes mm-hmm. him, and then the kid walks into Michael. Well, one of the bullies that's the kid's dad. Wow. So they're implying that that's why his family has a reputation of uh, being kind of dicks. Yeah, I don't know. I just like those two things were too close in conversation for me to ignore. I think I just took it as it being, oh, we started talking about your dad. Now I'm going to say something embarrassing about your dad. But if they would have said like weed, then I would have been like, okay, that's normal. Well, I, but, I I knew someone that I don't know if he had peyote in in high school, but like after like around that time, I mean, plus it was a let's say when they were kids, seventies, eighties. I don't know. I feel like it I was different know. times, man. Think, Maybe I'm trying to worst. see the best. We said it at the same time. I try to see the best, <laughs> and you said I see the worst at the same time. And I was gonna say, maybe I just so took funny. it as it's a quinky. Oh yeah, you're as... way nicer than me about that kind of stuff. <laughs> but no, I just think of like oh, immediately. I had the visual of like the Peter Pan, like 1950s <laughs> Disney, and it gets real racist real quick. Yeah, and it's the Native American scene. And they like immediately are passing oh. like a peace pipe with children. And it's just yeah, I, not a good mm-hmm. time. And I, I love that there, there's like a warning when you watch that on Disney Plus. Now, like, and, hey, and I, I think that's fair. Uh, totally just to say, deserved. Like, yeah, just be like, hey, um, the when this was made, not the right people's move. values were different. And that's just take that with some thought. Like, I think that's yeah. fine. You're not editing the art. You're leaving the art as it was, but just letting people yeah. know that it was of a different time and era mm-hmm. and that that may perfect poorly. Yeah, you get it. Especially because they were so leery of him, like immediately when they were saying we're excited to meet Cameron, like, you know, his family. And I it's cool that what you said now, I didn't realize the the lineage there, but they're so like skeptical of this kid, rightfully so. Don't trust him at all. It was more about that because then he, even in that next scene, same scene, uh, not, before, not the dinner scene, and this breakfast scene, we're kind of talking about a little bit of both. Uh, yeah. But in the breakfast scene, he even says like, "Oh yeah, it's real good." Until you know they start selling you, you sell new weed. He mentions what that about their that conversation. I think, and then I he think he's just being a and- giant. I think he's just being an obvious giant dork. Like he's like, listen, this isn't really what's going to happen, but I'm being, I'm just pushing this on. And that's why she's like, dad. Yeah. Can you stop? It was just such a weird conversation. A weird, I don't know. He's, he's an interesting dude. And I'm an interesting dude. See, I see some of myself in Ray and that's why I'm (laughs) taking this very personally. And then, I mean, spoilers, he dies. Yeah. In a lame ass way. Fuck you. But you see me dying, like getting <laughs> in, a, in a lame ass way. Oh, OK. No, yeah. I, no, that that's fair. I thought just the dying part. No, the lame. No, that makes it good. <laughs> well, <laughs> now it's fair. <clears throat> I love that she immediately knows that her mom is lying to her. Did you talk to grandmom? Grand grandmother? I Doesn't think she a blind person could have seen that she yeah. was lying because she it, she has liar written all over her face. Like, oh, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I totally did. Like, uh-huh. okay, I believe and you. See, that pissed me off because I understand that she's hurting, right? I understand she's mm-hmm. gone through it. Fucking had to go into like 
probably foster care, right? Because it doesn't say where she went when they took her from her mom. But so like, that's, that's a rough thing to deal with being taken from your home, all that. But clearly she's not making the steps to make that connection with her mom. At the same time, she's criticizing her mom for not doing what she supposedly agreed to, which I don't think Lori was ever agreeing to the things that they're like, well, you said you weren't going to live in the past anymore. I don't think she ever agreed to that. I think they that's something they said. They you should live in, stop this. And then she said, Oh no, I'll try to get yeah. better. And that, that yeah. whole, the family's fucked up, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, we all got we all got our stuff, you know. Uh, what did you think about their little wholesome walk to school? Immediately, a great jack o' lantern. And they, but he blows up the little one. Yeah, the other one he blows up, which was very cute and very sad. So the walk to school, uh, useful mainly because it, it was there. I think mostly to remind us that Halloween two, the original, is not mm-hmm. canon. He's like, hey, uh, yep. wasn't he your <laughs> her brother or something and they're like no that's something they made up so that's literally like hello viewer that is hello viewer you have seen halloween too but it it doesn't count anymore but i actually did feel sad when he blew up that uh, jack-o'-lantern mainly because it was on part of a display of like nice things and i was like man that's something like my mom or sister would do and if someone blew one up i'd be like dude don't be a dick and it's funny because when i was younger i when i first saw it i'm like it's kind of funny and i'm like Oh man, someone's going to be sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's not a complete piece of shit later. I like that he asked, asked them. That's because he's like, I want to blow this up. But if one of you will get offended, I, I yeah. won't do it. I don't care about the people I don't know. That's literally <laughs> what his mentality was. Then we cut to her at her locker and the boyfriend immediately bad vibes. I know this guy's going to be a scumbag. Don't know why. I just know. Because like I said, I didn't remember anything about him. I did think that it was going to be. I thought he was going to be a lot more involved in the storyline. He, was he had a little, a little bit stabby. more. And we'll talk about. Oh, oh, that's what I mean. Like, oh, I thought you think maybe he, he was going to be a victim. No. Or he was going to. You thought he, like be a fanboy. Like Michael maybe want to be a wannabe. Boy? Yeah. Wow. That's a whole yeah. new direction. I know. I just thought about it and I was like, okay, he's going to, he's going to try and get a little stabby. I just gets drunk and belligerent and, and just a piece of shit throws her. Oh, that made me so mad. As someone that has been in not the healthiest of relationships mm-hmm. time and again, that's, oh, hated him. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to talk to me. You're not going to talk to anybody throws the phone in nacho cheese. Mm-hmm. Also the worst way to store nacho cheese and just like a bowl like a punch bowl i thought it was we'll get to that party that whole party (laughs) i called shenanigans the whole high school dance was like bullshit yeah i get the the little the locker conversation yeah they're they're chatting we learned about him and his friend who also ends up being kind of iffy. Not a lot of uh, positive male role models in this. I, so was I. And then he fucks it up later. And then he is a where's my hug kind of guy, you know, thinks he's entitled to something. Yeah, that really bummed like a very bad last moment. But we'll get to that later. Did you like the little scene in the classroom? I did. First of all obvious callback Mm -hmm. to the original not only that in last episode i made this whole spiel about fate 
Yep. So you bet your ass I'm watching this one. And I, I remember as soon as she said the F word, I was like, oh, David's so excited. Oh, I fucking <laughs> quoted this thing in my notes again. It, it was that idea of fate. And then she starts talking and it's fate took a different course. I understand how someone who has nothing left in this world may still know bliss. Like they're talking about this interpretation. And literally the teacher says his message is totally hopeful. Even in the most disparaging of conditions, life can find its meaning. And conversely, so can one's suffering. I thought, oh, they definitely picked that nice little passage. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only line we hear of her school. Also, I don't know if you know this. That is the voice of PJ Souls. Yes, I actually did know that. And I beat you to it. But yeah, I was like... I learned that last week when I was looking up her credits. I love that she loves this. You know, like I love that she loves Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I've seen like pictures of her at like conventions and stuff and like wearing cute t-shirts and I don't know she just seems like a sweetie uh, so yeah the, the scene you know Lori was in the classroom teacher talks about fate this time it's Allison in the classroom talking about fate and mirroring the events of the original Allison looks out the window but the, and they're expecting to see Michael but it's her granny Lori Strode mm-hmm. and that begins pattern of Lori doing things that Michael used to do or in the original, like taking yeah. his place that I think that's actually one of the themes. If we we're talking about themes in this, just that the roles have kind of switched, not entirely switched, but she's taken up. What, what's the phrase? Get, get out. Or uh, if you live long enough, you become the villain. What's <clears throat> that, that? Okay. That's the dark night one. You either uh, <laughs> die the hero or live long enough yeah. to see yourself become the villain. There's also the whole, um, be careful. ye who uh, hunts monsters yet. Lest ye become a monster yourself mm-hmm. uh, with the whole, uh, if you stare too long into the abyss, the abyss stares back into you sort of deal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely what's going on here. But yeah, so she looks out and this time it's Lori uh, creeping out her from across the street and she passes off that three grand to her. That's a mm-hmm. hell of a National Honor Society <laughs> bonus. I'll take three grand. Go to Mexico. Do something fun. And then they talk about uh, how Lori fucked up the family. To, to quote specifically, all this hiding and preparation was for nothing. And it took everything away from you. It took your family away from you. And it's like, oh, well, shit, you just jinxed her. <laughs> I can't imagine living life like that for 40 years. And like, I really do wonder how much of her life was like that. Her mom remembers growing up. They took her at 12. And so she grew up. Yeah. And you got to think her based on her age, her mom's age. Okay. I don't know how old the mom is. I was trying to fucking do mental math, dude. Because I was like, how old's the daughter? I'm not good at math. She's in high school. So 16, 17 or 18, depending on the year. She can't be 18. Yeah, because I I figured they wouldn't be. They could be seniors. Then she might be 18 if she's a senior. Otherwise, I was thinking 17. I don't I don't know if they recall. Well, she just got in the National Honor Society. Is that? Oh, shit. So she could be 17, 18, That's, right? Yeah. Right? How's that work? I'm not. A, I don't. I was in. No, I don't know if I was in that. You got, Whatever. It's dude. You know how old I am? I don't remember. <laughs> but OK, so she's 17 or 18. The mom's probably double her age at the least. So she's like 36. Yeah. So then. This is 40 years after. She 
So 40 years. So she had her four years after Michael got stabby. Even if it's just somewhere between four years. And they said she had two failed marriages. Damn. So I wonder who's the father. (gasps) Do you think he's going to be in the second part? You know, I hadn't considered up until this discussion. I hadn't actually thought too much about the father because he's just not mentioned at all. It could be. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be it. I don't feel like he's being focused. It seems like it's more on, as Jamie Lee Curtis calls him, the hollow women. It is definitely woman centric, which I really did enjoy mm-hmm. because these were strong female characters, which which great to see. Yeah. I just wondered what type of guy she was with. Was it someone that was shitty or was it someone that really cared about her? I feel like there's no real in between because it's someone that's shitty that would kind of air quote put up with her. But it failed twice. And from the, the way it sounds, it sounds like she's the problem, at least according to everyone around her. It's Lori is the issue. Lori can't let go. So, yeah. So I wonder if there was a good guy out there who can get murdered in the sequel. To- tried to free her in a sense like i can protect you let us help you free yourself (laughs) see all the things you've been dying to say think of it as let's work together so we can protect each other not you having to protect everyone or something like let me share the burden and she wouldn't open up so he left or she pushed him out who knows she had a lot of lock she could have locked those doors behind him and so i wonder if it's like he hears that michael has gotten out he comes back he's like hey let me end this for you he comes back into the picture because he hears michael's come free and he wants to end it for her to like free her of it because she he doesn't want her to have to kill someone because that's kind of a thing I don't know. She uh, she was pretty happy about popping Michael on the shoulder. I think she glad she literally tried. Okay, we know he's going to live because they're going to be sequels. But if there there hadn't been sequels breathing after the credits. Yes, but literally she tried to roast him like a marshmallow in her basement. But she also had to chug some alcohol before he got put on that bus. So there's definitely hesitation. She's not fucking gung ho about this. Oh, yeah. Um. There definitely won't be a knight in shining armor. I think he would try. If it were to happen, he'd come through. That's like and get H- murdered. That, that's like- <laughs> uh, Halloween 20 years later, H2O. Uh, the guy that she's dating in that timeline. You're like, yay. Now he gets like stabbed in the back and I think lifted up via the knife. Either way, he gets he bites mm. it pretty hard. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> don't see the dude living. I just I'm assuming since Halloween, this uh, 2018 ends with them in the back of the truck that the sequels that are coming, it's going to still be on the same night. So I just think like, did they, I don't recall them announcing that Myers is they, they did like cancel a dance uh, and there was the news that a bus crash. But I don't know if it's been like Michael Myers on the loose. I don't yeah. know. So otherwise, and I have a lot of questions about all of that. <laughs> okay, but we'll we'll get there. What'd you think of their their costume that they had to keep under wraps? Was 2018? Was it really a big deal that they did a gender bent? No, Bonnie and Clyde. Maybe for Haddonfield, <laughs> Illinois, it's a big deal. Is it because I've been going to conventions since? I don't know. Oh, yeah. And gender bent, uh, gender bent things totally. Because I mean, if you love a character, oh, sorry, you're wrong sex. Don't give us a crap. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Either you continue to try to look 
the the role or you fit the role to who you are yeah. and either way good for they, good for you yeah. you know but i remember walking around like conventions like asin specifically been there for a few times. the years that i went and seeing tons of stuff like that so it was just funny that like oh no shh can't tell and it was just like that's it I was very let down by their costume. Not going to lie. For me, it wasn't like let down, but I was never hyped for it either. Like even when she's like, Shh, I yeah. was like, so uh, just a little before that, before they even talk about their costumes before grandma, but she's in the car chugging her alcohol. There's the scene in the motel room with the podcasters. They got a voiceover of Loomis. First of all, God mm-hmm. damn, that sounded like Loomis. It was not Donald Pleasance. It was not, but it was a really good guy doing because it. Because I legit was listen to this and i was like wait i know he passed away i was like how did did they do did they i thought they like spliced audio i thought maybe they would have yeah. spliced audio from past performances but no apparently it's yeah. uh it, they found someone that do a voiceover that sounds like him because it sounded like him i really enjoyed that they really sold home the, the crazy loomis like specifically you know uh the only thing we must end it or i think he calls it it doesn't he say it or him I can't remember specifically, but either way, he's like, you would kill him. And then he wants to personally put his hand or his head to his chest to hear Mm -hmm. that the heart has stopped. And then he wants to immediately incinerate the body. You're Mm -hmm. just like, God damn, Loomis, let's nuke the site for more, but only way to be sure. (laughs) But I, I thought that was just a really cool inclusion. I think that was totally necessary. I think we needed that little bit of connection to the original because it's you know 40 years later Mm -hmm. and no one looks the same uh doesn't feel the same because it's such a different time now so i think it was nice to have that connection even though donald pleasance has passed Mm -hmm. it was cool to have like even just a little homage to him you know i also think it was somewhat necessary in that like i i know going into this fan of halloween so i know everything i know Mm -hmm. how loomis is but like they mentioned like if you hadn't, if you were just watching this movie on its own, it's nice because that gives a bit of uh, clout to Michael Myers to hear mm-hmm. like, oh, this was the dude's do- uh, doctor for yes. so long. And he's talking about him like Michael's the fucking devil. He's pure evil. Mm-hmm. And it, it it helps build up because um, Michael hasn't escaped yet. Oh, no spoilers. <laughs> In the movie Halloween, Michael gets out. Uh, I thought it was good just to kind of build up that that mythos was it john Com- carpenter in the, the the little bonus features i gotta say they were stingy with the bonus features they really we talked about this off mic i expected more at least a commentary i'm waiting i was very sad they that do there that. wasn't a commentary <laughs> i love commentaries mm-hmm. but anyway uh i think it was him yeah it had to have been because he talks about how there'd been all these sequels and he hadn't watched any of them he'd watched some of them <laughs> And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, if I'm going to keep flapping my gums, like <laughs> he was just talking shit. And I, I love, I love him. I mm-hmm. think he's a cranky old man. Mm-hmm. And I love that. But he was ready to get involved with this project. Jamie Lee Curtis said like by page four, she was sold, mm-hmm. which I loved. And that's nice to hear, too, that someone is excited about it. Well, I believe they said the writers, which I mean, it included the director and Danny McBride. Yeah. And I believe there was someone else involved as well. Uh, but they when yeah. they were writing it, there's they like specific- three writers. Yes. Credited. Yes. Um, that one of 
the things they were doing is they were doing it specifically with them in mind. Like they wanted to write mm-hmm. Laurie Strode as a role that would get Laurie or uh, get Jamie Lee Curtis to come back because yeah. there was no guaranteeing she'd come back. So they might not even yeah. get her at all. So they wanted like, I think, yeah. Uh, this movie without that would have sucked so bad because I love her and I think it was great. It was great to see a badass old lady. If they had recast Laurie Strode, it just wouldn't have. I couldn't see it. I mean, I, I would yeah. watch it. Um, I would definitely give the person a, a, who, a try. Who would you? Oh, who? You just can't. I can't even imagine. Oh, I, I thought I like Sigourney Weaver. Throw her like in. There. <laughs> 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 Happy Halloween, Michael. I don't know. Yeah, because it just also would just feel wrong for anyone to. I don't know, especially knowing that Jamie Lee Curtis is still out there acting. The fact that they they recast her, I just be like, no, like maybe you should have wrote it a role that didn't suck. So I do get that that perspective from that those writers' point of view. So I just googled (laughs) list of older female actress. We got Helen Mirren, Halle Berry, Meryl Streep, Michelle Pfeiffer. The fact that Halle Berry is on this list dates me because I think like, wow. She's 55, dude. Looks amazing. Who was before that? Michelle Pfeiffer, you said? Yeah. I had a crush on her. 63. And Ant-Man of the Wasp, still kind of have a crush on her. She was in that. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you still got it. Sigourney Weaver, she's 71. Jessica Lange is 72. Julianne Moore, 60. She was in the Carrie reboot. The 20... 16 or whatever oh, okay which judy greer was also in whenever that came yeah out. it was within the last five oh, or six diane years. lane <laughs> diane keaton oh yeah. julie andrews that's my pick julie andrews as mary Laurie poppins Stroke. rolls in <laughs> on an umbrella have you ever heard the away. weird the weird things that like what if uh mary poppins and pennywise are like of the same species i've heard uh, i mean like <laughs> the fan or people that like put compelling cases i mean obviously yeah. they're not i think in- i honestly get bad vibes from mary poppins i don't trust her yeah judge me i don't trust her especially the new one I didn't see the new one. Emily Blunt was pop Mary Poppins, yeah. right? Yeah, I didn't see it. I tried to watch it and I was just like, I don't trust this at all. So I turned Some it random off. woman's like, I'm going to be your nanny. <laughs> so we watched the Fire Festival documentary instead, <laughs> which was fantastic. Anyway, uh, the cool thing about this story, back to my original point, was they pointed out how they were trying to make Michael be like a mythological creature like Mm -hmm. he's evil for the sake of evil like that's in him it's just that's what is that's what it is there's not like a lore there's not like a reasoning it's not like a a familial thing bond that he's chasing because halloween too the original one kind of made it seem like that was why he fixated on lori i just wonder where who are his sources Who are his eyes and ears out on the pavement? Or does he just have this sixth sense of tracking? Because in this one, does he have someone slipping in a file with like, this is what Lori looks like currently. Her daughter looks like this. Granddaughter looks like this. Or can he smell the strode DNA? In my mind, it's all he got really lucky in this one i feel like 
man and I, I love halloween but i feel like in this one he just didn't he got lucky like two or three times yeah. and 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 he was killing everybody we can be honest he, he was killing oh everybody. no i i Not was actually baby. gonna bring that up which thank god he has he could have ate the baby he ate a dog he could eat a baby yeah but that's like weirder <laughs> well i think eating a baby how evil they're both evil but i just think it's like worse because oh, like, definitely you know anyway definitely <laughs> worse but i'm just saying like he's evil oh yeah no i get it oh how bad do we want to make him look so this is an issue i've, I've been kind of feeling with this one mm-hmm. and i like this one we go we, we talk about og halloween i don't know how he fucking picked Lori. it seems like a, 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 the so, house that's what it was she mm, drops off the keys she, they see that, so that's literally her so that's it like he sees her and he's like all right cool I got in you, but at least ever, uh, after that, like he saw, he sees socks, the kid, he's, like her friends, mm-hmm. like he goes after all the people like related to her. And then obviously later mm-hmm. her, he sets up his saving whole, her for last. He said, yeah, and Man, he sets up dessert. He sets up the fucking house as like a little horror show for it. Right. But in this yeah. one, first of all, when he gets out, I was like, okay, when I first viewing, I thought he's going straight for his mask. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, he knows he went after the podcasters. He got his shit. But then on this watching one, like, how would he have found, like you said, like, how would he have found the podcasters? He finds them because they visit Judith Myers's grave and he's over mm-hmm. there creeping on it because he's like, oh, I'm going to go check my sister's grave. And then he sees them. So he's like, oh, shit, they got my mask. And uh-huh. so then, OK, he's got clear motive. He follows them to the gas station. They, and we'll talk about it a little more in detail, but they bite it. He gets his mask <laughs> back. After that, he goes on the most random killing spree. Like, oh, they left this door open you're gonna die that's why i didn't think that was michael when he first comes out onto the street i didn't think that his movements were reminiscent of michael yet later on i think it kind of like the head tilt and stuff he gets more into that but at first i thought it was some dude wearing a mask they said they modeled it both after the original performance and with the addition of uh they wanted to move somewhat cat-like because he's got like quick they said the the guy because the nick castle did part of it Mm -hmm. i think in that scene actually that was nick castle the the original yeah shape in that scene that where we track them and follow him as he murders a ton Mm -hmm. of people uh but the other one they said that they wanted some cat-like almost movements and he watched a cat and did that to kind of think of how Michael would just kind of, he's like athletic, but just efficient in his movements and things like that. I got to say, I love how much he loves Michael Myers. Oh yeah. His Twitter is like the OG shape or something. Like <laughs> I love him. He was only Michael or some of this. It was also another, I believe yeah. he was someone that did some stunt work as well and got recommended. But still, it's just like, He's very passionate about it. Okay, so back to my point, though. So he fucks around for a while, and he goes on a killing mm-hmm. spree. Like, okay, he hasn't been out in 40 years. I get it, I guess. But this is where I was getting my <laughs> issue with the whole, like, oh, he's going after Lori. Because actually, he spends a pretty good amount of time just walking down the street, killing some people who he can get away mm-hmm. with. And then later, he gets, like, the, the babysitter, Vicky, which I think she just got unlucky to happen to be in that block. Um, the mm-hmm. only reason he ends up ever going to Lori is because Hawkins, when he's got Sartain, the doctor mm-hmm. with him, they run down Myers uh, and then that stupid twist happens. I'm angry about it. But mm-hmm. I'll talk later. And then Sartain freaking drives them within like a half a mile of the Strode residence. 
And that's when he goes like he had nowhere else to go. Yeah. In my mind, I was like, he never actually had a he didn't seem like he was going for Lori. And I really I I, I like this movie and I want I I like Michael Myers, love the shape. But I was like, really, he seemed like he was on a random killing spree until uh, Dr. Sartain kind of pointed him in the right direction. And he stumbled on a couple things. But that moment when he makes eye contact with Allison. In the back of the SUV? Or, like her? No, the first time. Oh, when, when, oh by the fence. She, gotcha, gotcha. And I'm just like, oh, shut up. I didn't even mention that because that's how they end up getting Hawkins. They find the daughter. Yeah, he just mm-hmm. happens to kill her friend. And then she runs back and then he sees her. If that hadn't happened, he that's why I don't think he knew that that was the Strode, uh, a descendant of Strode. I was going to say, do you think if she didn't react as much or like, I, I, I don't, don't know. He, I don't but know. But here's the thing. He clearly wasn't even after her, at least not like yeah. intentionally, because Allison later on ends up in the, the back of an SUV, mm-hmm. a police SUV with Michael. And he looks at her and I mean, he goes for Sartain and she runs and he's like, OK, yeah. He like doesn't even, he, I mean, obviously he doesn't bat an eyelash for anything, um, but he glances as her running yeah. away and turns back <laughs> to what he was doing. Like, whatever. He never really explicitly yeah. came after Allison, which is why I was like, I don't know. I don't think he knew he was a Strode or descendant of Lori Strode. Maybe he just doesn't care about the family aspect. Maybe he's only in it for Lori then. Or maybe it's it's the whole, uh, no matter how slow he walks, he'll still catch up to Which you. Which that's so I love. he doesn't need to chase that's after true. her. And that, that is true. And I do love that. That's one of the scariest things about me for Michael. It's just, he's fucking unstoppable. Yeah, so I, I went up on this big tangent. But yeah, jumping back to where we were, kind of on the film's timeline. Um, right before the dinner, the music. Because this is when the podcasters are listening to the voiceover. Loomis. And then we see Lori uh, in the car. Uh, watching the bus get loaded up with the prisoners. We get Michael getting loaded up. The music is so fucking good. I'm sorry. I, I love that that scene and that music. It's just like, yes. Because it, it's like a play on the original. It's very simple, but it has so much energy. And I just, I loved it. Yeah, it has a little bit of a modern feel to it. And there's still those bits throughout where it has that like high-pitched kind of noise. Like whale. To like... And one of those make you scared. One of those they found is like they used a a bow, like for a violin type thing, on an electric guitar to achieve that. Oh, that's that makes sense. Yeah, that's how they did that. Like, yeah. But yeah, we, let's talk about Dindin. I loved her coming in and immediately chugging the yeah. wine, holding up the one finger. Now let me finish this. It's great too. And their it's- reactions to her. I'll murder all of them. I will kill for Laurie Strode. Okay. Well, I, there was only one thing I, I I was okay with Ray, and that's when she first grabs it. He goes, "That's mine," and then stops. And yes. I was like, I would be like, "But, <laughs> but that was mine. Like, <laughs> that was my first." The way that they like loudly judge her and are just rude. It made me mad. It's like you didn't even actually invite her, which pisses me off even more. This part confuses me a little. I was under the impression the first time she says that you talk to grandma, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, that was full of shit. But then mm-hmm. this scene comes 
after Lori talked with the uh, Allison, gave her the money, told her to go to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then so this scene, when they're talking, it seems later in the day, and she's like, so did you talk to grandma? She's like, oh, yeah, she came by the office. We had a good chat. She said she's coming by. I don't know why. At first, I thought bullshit. But then Lori actually does show up, which makes you think. And then she's like, oh, yeah, we had a good chat. It was nice. And like, but oh, the that... husband was like, really? Because they don't do that at all. I think I would if they did have a conversation, yeah. I'd be the same way. Like, I feel like she would have told him, though. Maybe like I feel like she would have told the husband, but maybe not the daughter because she didn't want to get the daughter's hopes up. Feel that she could have just also assumed that Lori probably wouldn't show up. She's like, fuck, why tell the husband? He's probably not even going to she's not going to show up. Possibility. But then if that happened, then why didn't we get to see that? They probably cut due to timing, maybe. And I think that that's something we probably just wouldn't No, I see. It could be an interesting conversation, but the movie's not that long. It's not. Well, compared to a lot of more modern movies, it's like an hour 48 or something like that. hour 40 hour 40. OK, it was I knew it, which isn't that long for if it's not movies. two hours. That's usually when I start saying it's longer. Because I feel like every movie, how long was Fast 9? I didn't. That movie was over two hours long. Hey, but that one's about family. And this movie isn't? No, because he doesn't care about family You know what? I have just one point. I mean, no, I get it. When you were talking about the family's reactions, I also felt Mm -hmm. sorry for Lori. I think I didn't like the way they reacted, but I was also wondering how many times has something like Mm -hmm. this happened before where she shows up and makes an issue. I knew you were going to be a little bit more on that side of things. I'm not saying Mr. I go to therapy, but (laughs) (laughs) no, but I'm just saying, uh, but that doesn't mean it's right because there's definitely some shit that I wasn't feeling but i was also like oh man if this happened i'd be like jesus christ here we go again but she wasn't like very loud you know she sat down and she well, like, first she chugged his quiet. glass of wine and then that was comedy points all right i thought that was funny it, oh, it was funny i don't know if you think it was funny if you were in that family and someone did that definitely that's what i mean it's funny for us the viewer not funny for the characters but still i think in the moment it's not terrible also it's wine yeah i know whatever but still it's just like a small glass of wine like relax i get it but my thing is that she sat down she was very like quiet she does she was not really making a scene the camera didn't make a point to have it a wider it didn't seem like anyone reacted there were a handful of tables in the background. No one gave a shit. If anyone was going to make a scene, it was her family. She could have done this before. Yes, probably countless times over the years. Probably didn't show because she was too scared to leave her house, blah, 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 whatever. I understand that. But in this moment, they should know that Michael was being transferred. And if they don't, I think that's they do. No, up. they do. Because I think that's why they're yeah. telling her to let it go. They're like, in their mind... Being transferred is as good as like nothing's going to happen. He's going away forever. Like, let it go. But then when she says that I saw him like the shape and she says the shape. I loved it. That made me so happy. The shape. And I was like, yes, I think it's like the only time they use his OG like moniker. I don't think I caught that. In the, when I watched it. Oh, in I didn't. Theaters. I did not catch it in theaters. I caught it on the. She's like crying. Yeah. But yeah, I caught it here and that was very exciting. 
But yeah, I just I enjoyed it. It was it was a nod to the fans because like everyone knows Michael mm-hmm. Myers, but knowing that he was also the shape, I feel like that's not as he's not usually referred to that as commonly. He he got called mm-hmm. I think the shape at least once in the original, so it was a nice nod to that. But yeah, that was actually one of my notes specifically for the dinner. I was like, he got his OG mm-hmm. name drop. She deserved a little bit more sympathy in that moment, especially but like think about it. It's a, it would have been a hard day person- for her. Yes. You see the person that killed five of your friends or what five people, the person that almost killed you. She had the wine, but she they don't know. But she chugged like a mini bottle mm-hmm. of liquor in the car. One of those little uh, travel I, bottles. <laughs> she popped that <laughs> travel bottles. OK, that sounds awful. But, you, <laughs> you know, to go when you're ch- you know on the drive. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I think she chugged the wine so they wouldn't be able to smell the vodka or whatever she chugged. Maybe that was part of it. I think mostly she's just like, oh, sweet, another drink. <laughs> like, <literally laughs> let's 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 keep them coming. I also don't like how the boyfriend was like instantly on the parent side. But then again, I guess he comes from like a spotty background. So maybe he's like, oh, man, I go through this shit. I mean, literally, he was nervous about meeting the parents anyway it's the girlfriend's parents so like something happens to be on their side you're like hey i'm one of you now we have bonded mm-hmm. through this please like exactly me. i took it as that like i don't know your grandma but apparently this is like a thing so i'm just gonna you know I, they they shoo uh Lori out and then karen tells i never told you okay right that upset me a little bit Okay, so I and I my my notes I had to do a little back and forth because first I said okay I call bullshit on this I was like Allison seems like she's been trying to get closer to Lori for a while we're only getting this view into this like one day but like her mom's never told her like why and I guess she she's a teenager so maybe she didn't tell her a lot but she's almost out of high school that's why there's like iffy ground here because she's not fully an adult you don't want to make her look bad necessarily. It's like she she exactly. can let herself make herself look bad. But I feel like that might have been it being taken from the house, like lo- her mom losing custody. I feel like that had to have come up. That's something you might address. Oh, who are these family friends that you're really close? Like not saying that the people that she lived. I don't know. I don't know who she lived with. And oh, I know I it doesn't it. really matter to the story, but it's like. Well, what did, was she close to them? Was it her family? Was it someone that adopted her? So she lived with them for six years. Do they still talk to these people? So was her daughter able to piece together that like, oh, you kind of have like a second set of parents. Who are they? I don't know. I, I thought a lot about it because <laughs> it kind of bugged me. It did bug me as well. It seemed like mm-hmm. it was one of those, as you know, Bob's, this is the perfect time to explain it so we can give the viewers a montage of my upbringing. I don't know, like that some of this might have come up before instead of I never told you about how I was raised. Now I'll tell you about all the shit your grandma made me do. so hard to leave behind the paranoia and whatnot. The neuroses that she uh, projected onto me. And I get that. That'd be I think Laurie Strode's definitely got some paranoia and PTSD. Definitely. And she might need to work on. But I think maybe some of those habits couldn't be broken. Thinking about the way that she knows how to like fight, knows how to shoot a gun, knows how to do certain things. Not saying that that's going to come up on a daily basis, but I wonder if there's like some things that she's a little bit more 
keen to like when she's out and about or like reactionary stuff. And that's what Laurie said yeah. even earlier on in that discussion with Allison. She's like, oh, so if the way I raised her means mm-hmm. that she hates me, but she's prepared for the yeah. horrors of this world, mm-hmm. then I'm OK with that. It's an interesting dynamic. One more thing is that is that Allison doesn't really respond to that right i don't i think before she can really reply she just takes it in and if i recall then laurie drives off and the dad and the boyfriend come and it's kind of gets glossed over because then she like side hugs the husband or the husband side hugs her and he's like it's not your job to save her what is she gonna do or something yeah so i think uh Mm -hmm. alice never responds verbally at least about it that's just such a big bomb to drop and then not even have like an actual conversation about it maybe they did on the uh drive home that we don't see on camera i want more time with them instead of giving us an insightful conversation in the car ride home we get a conversation with two characters that we meet for the first time lumpy and his dad you call him lumpy oh, okay, okay i was all like i like the kid <laughs> no the dad calls him lumpy okay yeah i thought you made this up i just kept calling him the son but i really like that conversation yeah. they have in the car it was a great conversation he just wants to go to dance he's like i love spending time with you dad but you're taking me away from dance. Like we can do this on the weekend. Yeah, he's like, we, we do hunting all the but, time. He's like, but, but dance, he's like, that, that really hits me like, you know, right here. And he like holds his chest. He's like, you know, yeah. And I was like, that's great. I thought I liked it just because, you know, dancing is considered a traditionally feminine mm-hmm. hobby. And it's just like a, a, a male boy, teen, whatever like, that's expressing interest in it. And I felt like, it seems like his dad was, it didn't seem like he was too yeah. against it. He just didn't exactly. Understand. He was all like, but you don't like hunting because that's what we like. But it was also like he didn't seem like he was getting upset about it. Like, oh, I don't want you going to dance. Just like, but don't you like this instead? So and then it gets interrupted, though. I love the two weird car conversations we get in this movie. This is, is the it first the cop one. Car? And it's <laughs> and it's like supposed to be kind of progressive and then we get the cop car one talking about foreign food and the one guy's like i don't know man that sounds crazy I, like, that scene is literally PBJ. comic relief it's great i loved it so the, much the movie doesn't have a lot of it but usually when it's got comedic relief and then that and then the the kid that's getting babysit get he's fucking mm-hmm. great love him he's too great. julian He's great. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm like, if you were better than I, I wouldn't be, be up late. My nasty yeah. ass toenails. He's like, you friend uh, talking about smoking weed? No, I'm talking about like magic. He's like, Alakazam. He's like, y'all talking about smoking weed. That's <laughs> against the rules. I'm telling my mom. And then she talks about like, I'll tell her about your search history. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, back to Lumpy. And his dad. It is so dark. They've got about three minutes to screen. Where are time. they going hunting? They could be going to set up their campsite and then hunt in the morning. Okay. I've never gone hunting, so I don't know how this works. I haven't either, but I'm just assuming that, that they're they could be driving out of state or they're probably going somewhere mm-hmm. remote and maybe they're camping trying to get there at dawn who knows yeah you know what i mean shit they gotta get there early it's so dark out though and the bus is in a ditch on the side of the road and you see the patients and it's very reminiscent to the original movie you see them in the dark that's the first thing i thought too 
and the original Loomis and the nurse roll mm-hmm. up and then just in the headlights you see scattered about white gowns and here it's the the prison whites yeah. and they're just scattered all over the road yep. the father much like a midwest dad when a tornado is coming goes out and has to take a look around has to see what's going on goes into the danger and here well that's fair though because like <laughs> There's a bunch of people in the road and he doesn't know that it's a prison transport. Know, or, or, you know, from a... I've watched movies. <clears throat> yes, but I'm sorry. It's 2018, 2017. Okay. okay. He could have called the cops. It's, he, he tells the son to call the cops and the son does. But he could have called the cops because how does the son know where they are? They're in the dark. But I think the son did know where they are. No. That doesn't he say? Because he doesn't say a place. He says, I don't know. It's dark. And there was an accident and there's people Mm. like he's like, okay, let me go look. Oh, yeah. They told the kid to go look. And that's when uh... I know they don't know what's going on (laughs) because they don't see. But why wasn't so I don't it's not prison outfit. It wasn't a prison. This is they said it was. Smith's Grove's rehabilitation facility. So yeah. it's not. Yeah, that's so it, on there's... the news. The next day they called a prison bus. Mm. That's why I called it a prison bus. That's like when Lori listens yeah. to the news, they say it's a prison bus. It's definitely that's what I was getting at, is that it's a prison mm-hmm. bus. Like when you look at it, you, you it's white. You can tell like they're supposed to look different. I've seen them down here because um, mm-hmm. there's the one right by the triangle building, you know, with the people that they were transporting, why wasn't there fucking detail cops following them? Why wasn't there more security? Why weren't the podcasters there watching this happen? I've got some answers to that. Well, one, there were two guards. Bullshit. So what? Uh, later on, when Hawkins says that they're transporting, he says that for most of these people, they're completely minor offenses, like nothing. Myers, Michael was the only one on there yeah, with any like thing. Maybe the doctor. Oh, he no, he did. Uh, the doctor sabotaged it. Yeah. And this is not it is part of it. It's been confirmed by a producer because they don't really show it. Mm. And I was like upset about that. But it, they said that all signs point to him having something to do with it. He helped free Michael. So gotcha. it, if it hadn't been for Oh, spoiler! We already talked about uh, Sartain being kind of a dick. He's he's a bad guy. He's also just dumb. Like this is why I enjoy. Uh, in like uh, two minutes after the scene we're talking about, he gets shot by the kid. It's best scene great. of the movie. I think I laughed. I think even in the theater <laughs> just because it's so silly. But yeah, so they, they he tells the kid call the cops, and the kid mm-hmm. does call, and they tell him to go out. First, the kid finds guard one, and he's all mm-hmm. like, "Oh, what's going on?" And the guard's like, "Run!" And then the guard dies in the grass. He goes into the bus. Doctor Sartain's like, "Don't shoot!" And the kid fucking pops him like in the, <laughs> and he says, "Shit." Yeah, and I think he says fuck. Oh. It's like fuck after he shoots the guy. And then the kid runs to the car. And it's been I I laughed because I was like, this kid is should not be holding a gun. That's poor trigger etiquette, man. You you his finger shouldn't have been on the trigger. <laughs> Just saying. I laugh at it every time, especially now that I know Sartain's also a villain. He got it. He deserved it. Not only that, it made it interesting. Because that means his goal was to see Michael in action. And his entire mm-hmm. plan almost got fucked up because some kid accidentally like shot him. Like he could have literally been out the whole night and his plan, Michael would have done stuff, but 
his whole he plan wouldn't would have, have been, been able shattered. to see it. He doesn't even really get to see anything. But he gets enough of what he wanted, and he yeah, and he gets what he deserves. But mm-hmm. man, that one little incident could have messed his whole plan up uh but it's only about funny for like i know and then he goes out just like annie but i was almost expecting him to like notice fogging up or something in the yeah. in the car but yeah he gets in there and then michael pops out from in the back seat strangles him hits his head against the glass and i think eventually cry you hear a crack Michael kills a kid. Also, Mike was just a dick. Why didn't he just steal the car? The keys were in the ignition. Yeah, he could have just literally. Left. Michael went in the back seat. He's like, "I'm waiting for the kid to come back. This is gonna be great." Just try, to... and I get it. He's, he's just evil. Fun fact: I tried to tally all of the deaths because they make a point to say that he killed five people in the first one, but I don't know how many people actually died because of the bus. At least one. And then later I said two. I think it's two total. Because the other guy, we don't know. Okay, so if there's guard number one who's lying on the ground, and then there's later on we see officer down, different one. Mm-hmm. Then, yes, Lumpy and his dad, they yeah. both bite it. So that's four right there. We don't right see there. his dad, but we're sure that he's dead. Oh, we're it, sure. we see his dad yeah. uh, in you? the next scene. His dad's the guy who's next to where the officer Hawking goes, oh, God, or dear God. And the camera pans down, uh, and there's a hunter. And his neck, like his head is bent back and his neck is like extended mm, and bent in a I very. Think that's why I like missed it. And he's his, his, he's like, and his eyes looking. are wide open and his eyes are like, it looks like he was stuck in a scream and Michael somehow oh. just like snapped his neck back. Well, like so, yeah, his guy, dad gets it dirty. The guard. No, it's not the guard. The guy at the gas station, his jaw looks like gum, like a wad of gum. I think because those are the teeth that Michael drops. Yeah. Later or (laughs) his. It looks like he got curb stomped, but we're we're jumping just a little bit ahead. I know. (laughs) All right. The next scene is Hopkins rolling up after this little pinball scene. Can I say it was good, though, to see the coach from Remember the Titans in this movie? I didn't know he was going to be in it when I saw it in theaters. And I remember getting excited. And let me tell you, I got just as excited to see him <laughs> <rewatching> again. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I love football movies. I love sports movies. I don't so much love sports. But as you were saying. No, it's all good. That's when he's all like, oh, officer down. So that's when we see the second officer. Then he sees, yeah. as I just described, he sees the pops hunter with mm-hmm. his neck all sorts of fucked up. I don't even remember if they show the kid or not, but I we I mean, no, the kids I don't think so. Cut uh, to the podcast pals. I think it's the next day. Uh, and this is when I said his first incident in motherfucking luck, because they're talking about the Judith Myers thing. Mm-hmm. They go to do their little. Why does that lady not know who Judith Myers is? She does. No, she's like. No, she's saying oh. this is our. I think she's she's saying it like sarcastically because she's oh, she's a caretaker. Like the other place has Bernie Mac, she's, and she's we like have they this. have a beep. Yes, that was exactly what she was saying. She's like, this is Haddonfield. Oh. This is our only claim to fame. Like people only come here to look at Judith Myers, oh. the girl that got oh. murdered. She's kind of t- that's what I took it what- as. She just like didn't know because I, I was know. wondering if like all of this has just been kind of faded away in the 40 years because that's the vibe I got when Michael being transferred had no real weight to it. I think for the for most people, it has no weight to it. But for yeah. Lori, those were her five friends. Like if some some yeah. murder happened 40 years ago and some guy was got like 
they probably wouldn't think it's not as big a deal because he's not he hasn't done anything he hasn't said a word like blip he's been off the radar yeah. that's what i think and then yeah so the podcasters are telling us how he straight up slaughtered her way gorier yeah then <laughs> this reminded me of our last discussion we're like yeah oh how'd she how'd he take her down so quick why couldn't she put it up and then according to this description his first strike sliced to the base of her skull scraping her spinal cord and then when she turned raising her hands in self-defense he stabbed into the nerves and arteries of her palms then stabs into the sternum penetrating her heart not what it looked like in the original they amped it up a bit because we did get a nice little treat of watching the original uh mm -hmm. through his eyes the shots through his eyes and this is the part where as i said that she notices that the caretaker notices that there's a man in white uh watching with his face obscured mm -hmm. uh down the way when i first saw this i thought this was michael having tracked them down and following them to get his mask but now i don't and that's not what i think because there was no as you said who was yeah who was he how would he have known where to go i think he was visiting yeah. his sister's grave as he does as he does he's like hey remember last time i like ripped it out and used it did they replace it again I mean, like, yeah. and I think then he sees them and he's like, oh, time to get my mask back. Does he take her gravestone more than once? Doesn't it happen in like four or five? It might have. I don't honestly remember. Not that big of a deal. I was just curious. I feel like I remember seeing it another time. I, I feel like that too. And I don't know if I'm just misremembering, but I also thought it happened more than once. And, and But this movie is also full of little homages to, yeah. even though the other movies are not canon anymore, it still drops yeah. hints at them. Even the scene, uh, well, we have, we mentioned it earlier that where he goes on his killing spree. That's like straight mm -hmm. up from Halloween, too. That's when he gets lucky and he sees them. There's just a real quick scene in the hospital with Dr. Sartain. Uh, and then we go to gas station action. Yep. So, yeah, they're like, what's up with Sleeping Beauty? The guy in the cowboy hat in Illinois is like, that's the what sheriff. What are we going to do? But he's wearing a cowboy hat. That's not like a cop hat. It is not, but he is literally the sheriff. And Hawkins is just a deputy. I didn't know he was a sheriff first because he was dressed like, and then I was like, holy shit, that's the sheriff? When he says, but hey, what are we going to do? Cancel Halloween? Uh, yeah. Uh, us now in t uh, 2021, having lived through a pandemic. Yes, you can cancel anything. Uh, that didn't age well. But yeah, the whole gas station scene chef's kiss yeah i love it from the minute she gets out and she's like do you want anything from the shop no where's the loo and then there's the van with the old lady she knows what's up she totally knows what's up in her little church van because she's making eye contact with him and her eyes dart away for one second to the her right and then back to him. And he doesn't even it look. was and I would have because that literally implies like I looked at you. It's like, look over there. That is I like want the you symbol. To see what I'm seeing. Not only that, because like <laughs> you see Michael when they first pull in, you can see mm -hmm. Michael pull up in the that truck and he's he just and fucking that, walks in just past all everyone. Of that was so nice. I loved having those little things in the background, like in the original. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it made me so mad that he was like, oh, she's just looking at me. Hello, peace sign. After she asks the, the female podcaster, asks like, oh, can we go to mm -hmm. where's the, the loo? 
Uh-huh. Like, you know where you're at. You know, we don't call it the loo, <laughs> but okay. Where's the bathroom? You see him. You see him killing up. the mechanic in the garage. Mm-hmm. You just see like him beating, like just his arm going up and down. And then mm-hmm. we jump into the bathroom. I would not have held it together for as long as she did. I know it's a very short scene. Yeah. Also, I love the way the bathroom looked despite the dirtiness. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that it looked old, like of a different time because it was kind of nice to have it kind of away from the very modern feel of the movie. Well, that looks like a gas station. They're not the greatest usually. <laughs> but it's it was like pink. You oh, know, that, yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Oh, God. When he like opens up that door, I would have. I know she's already on the toilet, but I would have pissed my pants. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the the fact that the other two toilets were so dirty and then she had to go in the handicap stall and that door opens a different way, like harder to get in there. Because you hear just the slow footsteps. Because he's wearing, Ugh. now he's wearing the mechanics outfit. Yep. He took his coveralls. Stole his clothes. He's got his digs yeah. again. He's like, all right, I need my blue jumpsuit to murder people. Gotta jump a very specific dude to get the wardrobe right, you know? And I told you, he's a man of dramatics. He has a costume. No, you're right about that drama. Because I got, okay, the amount of effort that would have had to have gone into this right here. Like he put a lot of effort in just like trying to scare someone first, but we'll get to that. (laughs) But not only that, that, that scene freaks me out too, because I don't know if you noticed, I missed it the first two times I watched it, but you actually see his right eye. He peeks in through the, when he walks past the door, Mm -hmm. you see his shadow. You can see, and that's his good eye. The one that isn't scarred. So like, you know, (sighs) at that point, she knows it's not an accident. Dude knows you're in there. And then. He drops the handful of bloody teeth. And I was like, ooh, that's a new one. He wasn't a much of a souvenir guy from what I There's gathered. a real quick cut just before that because and to explain the teeth. And that is mm-hmm. that our uh, podcast boy, Aaron, uh, and he, he goes into the cashiers. That's when we see the, the first that other victim. Uh-huh. And, and there's a pool of blood on the table tripping down. And then he goes to check on the, the other mechanic. Like the air hose is going He's off. Like, <laughs> and then he looks in and there. And that guy's also in like his under uh, underwear and like yeah. his undershirt. So that's explaining how he mm-hmm. got his duds. Um, and then it cuts mm-hmm. back to Michael dropping the teeth. Oh, so good. I hated it, but it was so good. She could have been a little quicker crawling from under those toilets i thought she did you know, a pretty good job oh on the toilet and that i felt yeah. that pain i was like slows her down man oh you're like oh i can so ima- dirty and, and i can gross. imagine like banging your head on that porcelain you'd be like oh that would just so disorient yeah, it you. would cause for pause for sure and that's all you with but michael all pause is all you need or all he needs it's so bloody this was a lot more it's a big departure from the original act in yeah. that sense. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of blood because Aaron comes in to try and defend uh, his boo. He's just knocking his face. Oh, in. He comes in with a crowbar and Michael disarms yeah. him. And then he, so first he grabs Aaron's head and slams it into the brick wall a few times. Mm-hmm. Then Whoa. he uses Aaron's head and he uses it to bash it into the stall door. And he eventually uses yep. his head to bust down the door to get to the girl. So I'm like, he used him mm-hmm. as a battering ram. And then he just throws him into the corner where he seems to bleed out. And then Michael. Uh, yeah. Just spewing. Yeah. He, his face is covered in blood. But that it was interesting the way that 
in comparison. That was so gory and so bloody and so nasty. But I guess it's because he already had her. He didn't have to make a show, really. You mean how he strangles her? And yeah. Yeah. It's a common thing to kind of focus on the feet of a person like that. Uh, Because you see the shaking and then it's it's over. And it reminded me of your boy when he gets stabbed in the original bob there's a few kind of nods to him there's like three okay i was gonna say i know at least two or three like uh after having done that goes to the trunk puts on his mask and it's the first time we get a clear shot of him from the front as he's putting on the mask he closes the trunk it actually shows michael with his full mask in his jumpsuit Mm -hmm. and it's like not as scaring anything we finally can see him from the front what do you think of how the mask looks i love it I mean, I, I did watch that thing in the, where they talk about um, the making yeah. of it, how they try to do it. And I love the details. They worked so hard. Yeah, it's awesome. And the guy uh, that worked on the mask, he's one of the funny cops. He's the guy mm-hmm. who has the pudding. If you look, you can see the mask left neck side. There's still the puncture hole from where Lori got him with the sewing needle in the original. Yeah. And it's just um, knitting. Needle. Yeah, it's knitting needle. Sorry um <laughs> sewing needle yeah, the like, little beep, 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 beep. the, the thought, well she, has, she, she was a trying to she give him a, a nice little stick and poke tattoo yeah. you know and it looks worn down and it still looks creepy and then if you compare it to some of the other halloween movies like the mask looked trash i don't know which ones yeah. but after like one and two and some of the four or five it just looks bad like it loses some of that scary because it just looks cheap but this one doesn't look cheap Uh this one looked like it was the same original mask weathered and worn and very emotionless uh but detailed i think it looks pretty good i loved when karen gets home and the door's already open and she's like oh my god well she's not like freaking out but she's definitely no but she's on her toes like and I think that that's some of that slight paranoia, mm-hmm. you know, like a holdover of her mother, yeah. not as intense as her mother. But I also like that it was a fake out because the original has a few of those fake outs. So I thought that was a nice little touch. And like, I know that a movie needs those things anyway to function. Mm-hmm to keep us on our And toes. this is literally the scene right after Michael gets his mask and it's daylight. Yeah. And then we jump to her house. So we think like, and the back uh-huh. door, she comes in with groceries and the back door is wide open and she hears a thud upstairs. Yeah. It says like there's creaking. Um, Cause I have the subtitles. Oh, I, I watch it with that too. You catch all these little details you might miss. Especially when it's like heavy breathing. <laughs> in the scene where the hunter gets killed, the, the son is walking forward toward the bus. And apparently it's like man groaning. And then there's a snap. Mm-hmm. Just And I'm like, I didn't hear that at all. But now I know they just said, yeah. daddy just got killed behind the bus. But then her husband comes in. From the back door. So that's one of the. And then Lori comes like from downstairs and she's like, and she's, she jump scares her. Doesn't she shout mm-hmm. either bang or boo? Something like that. I think it was bang. And she's holding the gun. She is. No guns in my house. Shut up. Like, I get it. I don't know if I would really trust Lori with the gun. Cause I feel like she'd be a little trigger happy. Uh, but... yeah. <laughs> well, we learned that she's pretty skilled with them, but yeah, you also be like, Hey, are you allowed to have that lady? Can I see your uh your permit license? Yeah, I see your, oh, it's a it's Illinois, it's a Foyd card. It is in Illinois, Haddonfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. See your Foyd is, card. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that. What annoyed me is like, so she's like, oh, we gotta get ready. 
And then Lori says, the bus crashed. And Karen says, what? And then Lori says, I've got a plan. And then the mom, Karen, says, what bus crashed? And then this is when the husband's like, put that gun down. And then Lori actually like raises the gun at him. And I was like, whoa, that's that's poor etiquette right there. A little too much. But it's also then they she never answers the question. And I'm like, dude, poor communication will get you fucking killed in a horror movie. Like, it's so easy to say the bus that Michael Myers was on crashed and he escaped and said the bus crashed what i've got a plan now no one knows what's going to happen and then he is diverting the conversation back and like i almost said on something so trivial as the gun that she's waving (laughs) but that's because we know what's at stake yeah you know we know he thinks oh my god my crazy mother-in-law is waving a gun around in my house screaming about some bus crash (laughs) i think they're so set in their ways on like dismissing Lori that they don't want to hear anything that she has to say regardless of if it's something useful to them but it's it's almost like in in the original she's she doesn't believe anything's really off at first because it's halloween because she thinks her friends are pranking her you know there's all that sort of stuff and in here no one like when stuff is happening and she knows that no one believes her because they just think she's crazy so like either way it's she's kind of perpetually stuck in this this place where there's no winning. God, it would like hurt to be like the only person to be your only person to not really have a support system. And the only people that are remotely close to you don't want to believe you don't want to give you the time to say what you need to say. I think that's really stressful, especially at a time like this. I don't know. I'd like to think I would have a little bit more sympathy, but then again, I get it. It's a long time. Like I'm trying to be open to their side of things. It's both like because there's still times when you can say like, okay, even though stuff's happened in the past, like you have legitimate reason this time, like saying if if Mm -hmm. the bus crashed that Michael Myers was on and he escaped. okay, that that's one of those things where like, okay, you are kind of crazy, but that's something worth noting. Yeah, you can you're allowed to be crazy about this one. Like <laughs> you've earned that one. Like, all right. I understand why you're freaking out. Yeah. But in here again, bad communication will get you killed in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to fix your communication issues, you know, because you want to be healthy, do it so you don't get murdered. They all need family therapy. You know, yeah. they need to go to therapy as a family. Michael, not just the mom, with the the oh, Michael, too. Well, he's not. a <laughs> He was kind of a brother. Not anymore. But like they consider him a brother, you know, wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't talk much, but they're still trying to get him to open up. <laughs> anyway, no, he just likes to open up other people, you know, <laughs> like what happens in the next scene. Michael wants to see what's on that lady's mind. My God. Is that the one where he gets with the hammer? Yeah. Oh, my God. By whatever means necessary. Uh, I like the that house had like some vintage feel to it. I don't know. I also just joined a, a mid-century modern Facebook group because it was suggested <laughs> to me. Okay. So, so I kind of have that on my brain. He runs into a kid just like in the original. Like in, or in two. And was it in two or was it in part one? I think that was in part two where he runs into the guy with the boom box on the street. Oh, I'm talking about when he right outside the school. Okay. You know, I didn't think about that because it also happens in part two where there's some guy walking around yeah. with a boom box on the street <laughs> and he bumps into Michael uh and he's all yeah so i was thinking of that i think he was a pirate anyway Mm, no i was just thinking a little dude and 
he like bumps into him but like we don't know that it's michael but we know that it's michael and because it's before he gets the mask in the original i'm pretty sure so they don't show his face i think they don't show his face at all but yeah i don't think he's wearing a mask because i think if he's wearing a mask someone might have said something yeah but it is also halloween so it's hard Mm, to tell that's true you know I don't remember if that was before or after they the whole the thing got broken in. So that's a good point. I think it's before because like that one, it's like I get the kid is tiny in comparison to Michael because Michael is tall, mm-hmm. but it only shows him like a little bit above the elbow up. I think yeah. kids bump into him. They're already trick or treating. Time is moving very fast and he goes into this house and this is where as i mentioned before i was like this isn't michael it's someone like a fanboy is like oh it's 40 years let's see if we can top the original murders like i was thinking it was going to go in that realm and he goes into the house picks up a hammer and the lady has like curlers in her hair which automatically makes me think vintage because i know people use them but it's like not as commonplace anymore Mm -hmm. The house kind of like the kitchen has a little bit of a vintage feel. I get what you're saying. And then in the background, you hear a baby crying and there's a lot of dread. There's a lot of like, is he gonna? I hope not. I didn't have that feeling this time because I've seen the movie like four times. But the first time when I heard that baby crying and he's he's already walking toward the crib. Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, fuck, don't you do it, man. And he doesn't. So even Michael's got some limits, but he stops. We don't even see the baby. No, we don't. I think he stops. Does he look at it? Thank God. I think so. Or like stands over it at yeah, least. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, back to more murdering. And then adults. keeps moving. Yeah. But man, I just thought of him kind of picking it up like by the leg and just like, I don't know, killing it. But I was like, I know we're not going to see. I knew we wouldn't see that. But I just got nervous. No, I get it. And I think that's the point of the scene. That's why they mm-hmm. did it. Oh, and it works very definitely. well. Because, yeah, if you, if you don't, just hearing the baby and seeing how random and senseless his spree mm-hmm. gets, you're just like, oh, fuck. So at least he won't kill a baby. <gasps> he will kill a kid uh, if he can drive, though. Maybe that's where he calls it. Once <laughs> you hit double digits, fair game. 12 years old, mm, gotta go lumpy. Yeah. The next house, the lady is on the phone and she's getting told about everything that's going on. This is after they found the ga- the people at the gas station. So they already mm-hmm. are like, oh, shit, people, a bunch of people got murdered because that's like gas station was four people. Who was driving the church van? Did old lady make it out alive? I feel like he didn't fuck with them. I think it was just the four people. Either way, that's four murders mm-hmm. in like five yeah. minutes that's hardcore like that's oh shit oh yeah this dude's cray cray and it's intense murders too yeah she's also like oh yeah i don't know what the guy's name is but she said he's still at a party so she's someone's supposed to come home at some point mm-hmm. and they're gonna find her with a long knife wound from the back of her neck fucking all went all the way yeah. through her throat as she tries to like close her blinds he comes up right behind her also, she had a really Oof. nice Halloween display on front. I was like, there's a lot of pumpkins. This is just something as I get older. I'm like, that, that must have taken some time to set your house <laughs> up that way. I'm like, that's a lot of work. I was like, you're probably pretty yeah. cool if you invested that much time. In the- and then she's dead. <laughs> yep. That Halloween display will never happen again. Nope. She probably gave full-size candy bars, too. <sighs> it's always Bummer. the good ones that die young. Uh, and then after this, we are going to the party. I... 
have okay. issues with the the party. Maybe I mean it's I was not like very social in high school, but holy fuck, <laughs> this party was like all out. I mean, they had like it just seemed like I don't know, way too over the top. They had all this stuff out, and like the the girl in the tiger costume, like she's in full body paint. I'm like Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. when they let you in with that thing in a high school thing too? Like how long did that take? Oh, it yeah. just seemed so. I got dress coded for a tank top, so I don't think I would have been able to get away re- get away with that. She was wearing like a bikini, and the rest was painted on stripes and stuff. I think or something. Yeah, or maybe it was a dress, yeah. a low cut dress. All I know is. A lot of skin, a lot of paint. But really the thing that got me was just, it was like the paint. I'm like, man, that must have taken a long time to do. It just (laughs) seemed like this wasn't a high school party. These aren't high school kids. That's a lot of effort. And and then they're like doing like fancy little shoot. uh, They have like a whole setting out front where they're taking Mm -hmm. pictures. But like it looks well done, not cheesy. And I think that's the thing. It, It doesn't look cheesy. It's not like a high school. It looks like it's done professionally. It looks like one of the pop-up bars that happened yeah, down here. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, that doesn't scream high school to me. That screams like, then I have yeah. more issues than that. But you can, uh, I'll let you <laughs> have some words here. But yeah, they're trying to have a good time. And then we see the true colors of the boyfriend. And this is where it started to bum me out because I was initially hoping that this guy was just like, yeah, my family sucks, but I'm not like them. And then going to murder everybody, be a wannabe? Well, I did think that, but I was hoping that he would like be a decent dude. He's not a good guy. He's not a good boyfriend. No. Um, in the extended scenes we could talk to later, it actually does make him seem like less of a dick because he actually does try a little bit after, but not. But then it gets taken away. <laughs> So which my my lesson I've learned is Cameron should not drink straight up. Dude just can't hold his alcohol. Just don't. You're an asshole. You're belligerent. Just stop drinking. He's a teen. Exactly. Like just just don't drink, kid, because he got drunk off like two sips. So like, just stop, dude. Just he's you're an asshole, dude. Just stop. When he's sober, he seems like he's good. And there's a couple scenes. The the cut in this one, like you watch just as it is. I'm like, oh, he's a total piece of Mm -hmm. shit. Like, and yeah. he also seemed like he was cut out for that. And he just took it that way. They're having fun at the party, dancing. She, Allison goes to talk on her phone. She's going to talk to Vicky, who's babysitting. Mm-hmm. So where we get, I mentioned uh, the Alakazam and then mm-hmm. and her kid. That's when that conversation, oh, it's so good. Because she's like, oh, Dave's coming over later with the um, Alakazam. Allison gets off the call. She goes back. And her boyfriend is uh, chatting up with Tiger Lady. Tiger Lady. Uh, and I believe they kiss. I could have swore there was some smooch. They kiss. They kiss. They kiss. He yeah. lied. And, and yeah, that's said what I, we were just talking. So that was obvious. And then like immediately when she walks away, he's like, nothing happened. We just talked. I don't know what you think. You saw gaslighting. Uh, yeah. And then when she. Oh, so hard. And then she gets a call. And this time, of course, it's an important call. So I think this mm-hmm. one, they're like, hey, uh, people getting murdered and stuff. And then he takes her phone. And throws it in the notch. He's like, oh, your precious phone. I had an issue with this thing, too. And uh-huh. I, I know you said for you, it seemed like, the, oh, you won't talk to me. Then don't talk to anyone. For me, I, I get that. And I know some men are. Vindic- I get that. It was more than that, though. He didn't want her to tell anyone that he's a piece of shit. Because it's like if he leaves her alone with her phone, she's going to call her best friend. And she's going to out him for being a piece of shit. 
And then he would have to later defend himself or make himself look good, like get, give himself a fighting chance to be accepted by the people in her life. Okay. I dated a guy like this. No, I, no, <laughs> so, I, I also, I can see that. Uh, no, I'm coming around to your point because in my head, yeah. I thought it was just a poorly thought or lazy way to get rid of her phone. Like, oh, her phone rings. I have that in my notes. I said, we love a way to eliminate cell phones. Because <laughs> cell phones just make it so much harder because then you just call someone and mm-hmm. you're like, hey, uh, there's a murderer. Oh, oh. shit. Okay. I'm going to lock my doors, get my. <laughs> it's usually like. Oh, art, no signal. You want to get rid of the phones because yeah. they just make it makes communication easier. And some, as mm-hmm. I said, bad communication gets killed in the horror movie. <laughs> you need yep. a way to get bad communication, especially if your characters know how to talk to each other. You got to stop that. Otherwise, they don't get murdered. Someone that's a bad person in a relationship, like mm-hmm. an actual bad person they don't want you to tell other people that they're bad. I totally understand then- that. And I see that aspect now because he didn't know it was an important call. He thought it was probably Vicky calling it and she would say something. But what was your idea behind it? I thought he, he was just drunk and he yeah. saw her phone ring and he's like, oh, you precious phone. Mm-hmm. I thought he was being stupid and that it was gotcha. also a way for the writer to be like, hey, mm-hmm. and now her phone's out. But your way adds more complexity. And so I, I prefer your version. I think it proves that this isn't the first time that he's been a piece of shit either. And that's the thing that really bummed me out was this scene. It proves that she's just covering for him all the time to make him look good to the people in her life. I'm getting way too hurt about this. In a little bit, she talks about like she talks about how he gets drunk and then she feels like she's just he's letting her down and she's letting she looks like an idiot for vouching for. It's a bummer that Oscar isn't any better. But anyway, I really thought that they were serving these kids some pudding. I did not think it was nacho cheese. Why is it being served in like a plastic bowl. They got one. It comes room temp. They're like, listen, we're just not heating it. We're just going to leave it and just fucking eat it raw. We don't care. Oh, that's they, disgusting. But they, they're like, this way we don't have to worry about heating it and cooling. They're I like, have my food handler's license. Listen, then go talk to them. Go talk to the organizers <laughs> of that school. You're leaving food out of temp for far too long. And then I think it's in the deleted scene is when they say it's nacho cheese. Yeah, it is where she talks about like it and being I was like, sticky. Oh. There's a few deleted scenes, a couple in here. We get to that. I was like, yeah. I felt you shouldn't have been deleted or part of you should have been kept in. Uh in the next scene, this is Vicky and Dave. Mm, this was such a bummer. Vicky's a cool babysitter. They're not dicks. Little dude, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, little dude lives, but assume. But I know it's just I feel bad for what he had to go through. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> That's creep. There's some dude just like staring at me. <laughs> it's not cool her to be like you know you are my favorite and he's like yeah you're pretty cool and then she bites it her boyfriend comes over is there like a little bit of a jump scare i don't think it's a jump scare but when he first shows up it doesn't do music or anything if i recall but the door opens i think she goes outside to throw trash and he it's her boyfriend pops up and they have like the laundry kind of blowing in the dark behind her yeah so you think maybe something's gonna come and then the boyfriend kind of like in the first one when she's up in her room and out the window i kept thinking that something was gonna be behind those uh 
clothing. I expected to see a mask or just something like in the distance, not super yeah. obvious. But I was like, okay, I guess not. Uh, yeah, he shows up and he's got his the pumpkin, which he carved mm-hmm. eyes and he talks about his tattoo. Hearts. They're little heart eyes. So many good jack-o'-lanterns in this movie. Hey, man, it's called Halloween. They gotta. <laughs> he has the tattoo of Halloween 2018. Yeah. Because he's like, this is going to be a night we'll never forget. <sighs> Sadly, sir. Well, it's got his date of death tattooed on him. <laughs> that tattoo didn't make a lot of sense to me at first because I didn't. Yeah. And then it's explained in, in a deleted scene. They set it mm-hmm. up and I was like, oh, because, yeah, when it first happened in the movie, I was like, OK, I mean, you got today's yeah. date. I mean, cool. And it, and it was exposed. So I also wondered what they would think when they came upon the bodies with it because it was fresh did he do this <laughs> like somehow or like did someone like is it a weird mm-hmm. nefarious Call thing calling card because it, it lingers on that shot when he's dead like or mm-hmm. it zooms in on his tattoo yeah and i was like oh this has double meaning now that i know mm-hmm. what is actually meant but yeah so before we get to him getting murdered they're like making mm-hmm. out doing this little pet and no, all clothing very PG mm-hmm. so far. Dry humped. Yeah. She does say he's getting dry fucked. She used the F word. She says dry fucked. I thought fucked. so. Oh, she says that's you're getting what, dry fucked. That's what she that's says. That's what the subtitles said. She said fucked. And I'm like, every once in a while, the subtitles are wrong. No, I remember that in the theater. because what I'm, does dry fucked mean? I think does that just mean like without a condom? No, I thought. Because we don't want it to be dry. I thought that it was just like dry humping, but she meant it like it's more vulgar. I don't know. Anyway, they're very PG. They're like, she's lying yeah. on him. They're smooching a little bit. Very Boom. different than the original. They hear a noise and she's like, yo, what's that? And then, you know, the Julian comes down. And he starts talking about there was someone creepy standing outside his room just watching him. So stressful. Okay, first of all, she's a liar. She lied to Julian. He's like, did you check behind the, the curtains? Yeah. Well, she checked behind the and curtains. She, she says, yeah, I check- checked everywhere. No, she didn't check everywhere. She didn't check the closet. During this time, she goes up there to check the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave goes Tells outside. Tells her boyfriend not to come. He goes outside to smoke a joint and then gets distracted by a motorcycle. And that whole thing. Of course. The I loudest they were... thing. So he doesn't hear her. Yeah, but it didn't even matter because by the time she starts yeah. screaming, he already turned it off and dropped it. I thought they were setting yeah. him to get murdered up back there. Like that no one I was going to. I thought gonna... he was gonna get like trapped in the wheel or something i definitely thought there was gonna be some elaborate death involving the motorcycle or him just being like stuck out there and Mm -hmm. i think it was just a red herring to fuck with us Mm -hmm. it's just he has to run back in the house when she starts screaming he tucks him in and as she's about to leave he's like hey can you shut the closet door Vicky tries to shut the closet door, but wow, there's something bumping it. You open it and boom, she's already getting slashed. She tells the kid to run. And I think her death was absolute bullshit because she literally runs out of the room and then slips on her socks. Apparently her socks were, I know that sometimes socks can be slippery, but like, I, like she takes a face plant. I, thought she was gonna get out that's literally what kills her she slips on her socks other than that she was golden but it's then then she falls and then she gets stabbed at least after he gets her in the first part where he pops out the closet she grabs a chair Mm -hmm. and she chucks it at him and and it it slows him down so like hey props to her like good that's why i think she would have been 
I think she would have got alive, which is why I still think her Vicky's death was bullshit. Do you think they save it by how he sets up her body? I don't know if that saves it. I like the homage. Oh, you can tell. How did they set up the body? Jacqueline. So, Dave, when Hawkins comes in to the room after her and her boyfriend die, he comes into Julian's room and there's just a body under a white sheet sitting mm-hmm. there. And we all have that, like, is it, is it going to be, is he going to, is he going to grab him? And it ends up to be Vicky's body. But of course we have to think of Bob. Yeah. Cause he did the ghost thing. Michael Myers went and put a sheet over his body, cut out eye holes, took Bob's glasses and put them on over mask and sheet before Hawkins shows up downstairs. Our boy, fresh tattoo, mm. gets stabbed like right. He gets killed off like, screen. I think it's like through his neck or like through upper torso. He gets pinned through the wall. He gets yeah, another Bob. But that's what I'm rough. saying. He, it's very much he, the same. Well, Bob like, got into the wall. Yeah, because Bob was he stabbed got stabbed in, like, like right front sternum almost. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, and what sucks is he gets it's an off screen because uh yeah you know after julian runs out and he's like you're gonna run, don't go up there you're gonna die he goes and grabs the knife i think his name was dave as well so i was like you're cool solidarity i mean he died but at least he tried to defend vicky so i was like all right it was nice when he how he grabbed the knife you had, you heard the little like like knock but you know like yeah the, knife like sound. unsheathing when he hears she's like help he's like Fuck this, grabs the knife. He goes, yeah, he tries to be the knight in shining armor. But yeah, then and we cut to Hawkins showing up, um, finds Vicky, call back to Bob's death. That's why I was thinking, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, he really is a drama queen. Cause like, goddamn, mm-hmm. he's like, hey, remember that one time I did this? I'm gonna do it again. It is me. No jokes. This is me. Like, I mean, that like is a joke. Like, he strut up her body for someone else to find. And yeah, then, he... but I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like that detail was never released to the public. Because well, I don't think anyone would even know because he strangled her and then took it off. True, true, true. But maybe he fucking set them up again. Like, oh, after... yeah, that's right. And this was him being a drama. Because, you know? yeah, when Hawkins goes downstairs, we see Dave is pinned like his his chest is up against the wall so he got stabbed mm-hmm. through the back and then pinned but he's mm-hmm. up off the ground all sorts of dead when hawkins is investigating vicky's body laurie sees michael through the window so she pops a shot but boom tricked it was his reflection in the mirror so michael walks out hawkins tries to cap him i like that little trick but i was like ah, oh, son of a bitch she, uh, yeah, she would freaking popped him. Hawkins tries to chase, but he finds Dave pinned to the wall. Another Bob homage. Uh, Lori mm-hmm. pops Michael in the shoulder in the, uh, as he's leaving, but then they lose him. And my side note is just that this movie moves so fast. From this point This on, movie feels like one night. It like is one night. Movie... Well, the, I think from, once he gets the mask, it's all... Yeah. Um, that day. But I just mean the original has so many weird, we're in a car, we're going somewhere, I'm changing my clothes, I'm at this house, I'm at that house. It feels like they're just going to so many places for it to be one day. 
Uh, I, I did have an issue with this. So in the house where he kills Vicky and like uh, mm-hmm. all this happens uh, where Hawkins sees Michael, Laurie sees Michael for mm-hmm. the first time. I am under the belief that this house is relatively close to the house uh, where he started his killing spree. I'm assuming that that's how it happened because he just randomly ended up there because there's no reason he went for Vicky. Yeah. He doesn't know that. she. No. So it was random, which means that. I wish that they had established, I guess, a little bit of the the neighborhood, because then when he pops out with Vicky, I was like, oh, I didn't even realize they're in the same neighborhood because like, I don't know how big yeah. Haddonfield is. Who's to say that was the mm-hmm. same block, at least in the in the original. We knew where the houses were because they were right across the street. It was established. OK, yeah, these are the two houses. The other people are. But these two are right. I guess it's the paranoia and feeling the need to like solve this problem and if given the chance to take Michael out for Lori. But do you think it's realistic that she stayed in Haddonfield? Maybe it's just like her trauma won't let her leave. But I just feel like that would be a good move. Pretty much ties into the next scene. Uh, Sartain finally meets Lori. Mm-hmm. It's all that stuff. And he talks about that. And it's revealed that Hawkins uh, was the one that stopped Loomis. Yeah. From, of course. from killing Michael back then. And that's when Laurie says that she prays every night that Michael will escape mm-hmm. so she can kill him. And I think that's yeah. that's kind of the answer to your question is that like moving sounds like a fantastic idea for her mental health and for just a lot <laughs> of things. As everyone else says, she cannot, it's all she talks about. She can't let it go. And so that's probably why she knew that if he came out, she'd be near, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or she'd be waiting I'm trying to handle this situation come at me i'm still here you know where to find i don't know maybe she also feels somewhat comforted knowing that it's her home turf like well now she's mm-hmm. got a fortress i thought solitude. about that too like she knows the area and everything so she wouldn't have to like create a new plan mm-hmm. or something or she knows uh being close to him too i guess maybe knowing where he is plus when he escapes she goes to her daughter's house too and says we got to get out of here so if he had escaped and she lives somewhere else she might think what if he goes for my daughter and my granddaughter but then i don't know same question (laughs) applies why wouldn't she move far away well because her daughter doesn't have nearly the same amount of trauma daughter's like yo i'm gonna live here the dude's not coming for me he's not coming for you either she doesn't need to move Sartain, Lori, cops, all that jazz. You're the new uh, Loomis. Uh, Loomis, he is not. They're in the car because Hawkins gets saddled with Sartain. And he's talking about how he wants to know or feel like the pleasure that Michael gets from killing, which I, I'll say that one was definitely a big, big red flag. I wish that it was more explicit that he helped with the bus crash because apparently that's canon. But yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, then after that, we go to uh, we go to our boy Oscar, who also needs to not drink alcohol. I'll let you take this one, Jacqueline. I was rooting for him, man. I liked him since the first instant when he comes and greets his boy, gives him a weird kiss, and and the girl, and he seems to be so much fun. And he's like, "Oh man, we're not doing mm-hmm. our matchy costumes anymore." But it's like also he feigns it like you can tell he's taking it in good spirits. And that's what I liked about him. You're just like, all right, cool. But you could tell that like they're good friends, but maybe not so nice guys travel in packs. He tries to make a move on his buddy's girl. Not like uh, they're still together anymore at this point. 
it's kind of hazy. But you're not with Cameron anymore. And she says, yeah, but that doesn't mean I want to be with you. Love that. So technically, I think she's already it seemed like right before then she had made up her mind, like, sorry, Cameron. Uh, and we don't know this, but like he, he just got arrested. Uh, but they don't say that in the fucking movie. Who knows if that even is canon then? I think it still counts, but like that's it ties into it. Either way, I was like, and then he tries to like be all sweet and like you deserve better and blah, blah, blah. Well, better isn't you, my guy. And he tries. Yeah. Well, he lays one on her. Better could have been him, but she needed to like actually mm-hmm. imply that that's what she's thinking. Not exactly. Not you take you it upon better, yourself. So I'm right here. <laughs> He tries to get a little smoochy. And that does not help him in the end because she storms off, rightfully so. He's left mulling it over in the grass all by his lonesome. So we think. First of all, this is he they went this way because he said he knew a shortcut. This shortcut, if you have to climb a fence to get in and out. Okay, it's shorter, but the difficulty level is higher. So it kind of cancels itself out. You know, it's not really a shortcut anymore. But anyway, as you said, mulling over in the grass. Thinking he's alone. But then who does he see? A comforting friend, the shape himself. And he at first he thinks it's the owner of the house. And he's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm sorry. Have you ever liked a girl and you just couldn't have her? I get Uh, it. He's preaching to the choir that little like in joke. We get it, but he doesn't. Yes. And in the end, he gets it. But he he says like really gross thing. Does wait, does this actually happen in this or is it an extended? No, he says stupid shit. They were feeding me guacamole in all these sexy ways. ways. I was getting a half chub. Yeah, he says that in the regular cut disgusting you're making it worse you, you have both feet in your mouth that was a stupid just like man you already fucked up yeah. now blame it because on some girls come on no that's not what we're doing here like oh i didn't know all those girls were like doing that to you that makes it okay yeah i'm so sorry <laughs> you're an idiot and then that's when michael comes for him he stabs him first and then he tries to make it over the fence yeah, and, and him stabbing him first. I, when I saw it in the theater, that one actually, this is one of the ones that actually scared me. Uh, more like it gave me anxiety because in the scene, <laughs> it's lit up. I mean, it's night. Oh, but the, the house yes. has motion sensor Genius. lights. Loved that. He's looking over where Michael is and then the motion, the lights go out. And then when they come back, Michael's not there and he turns around and Michael's just staying there like five feet from him. So does Michael operate on like vampire rules? Because vampires, you can't see them in the shadow. Michael Myers doesn't register on motion sensor. You know, that's actually a good point, (laughs) considering that Michael uh, walked over there and it didn't trip it. I didn't. You just caught a like, man, I applauded it because it was uh, stylistically uh, fantastic. Logically, now I'm like, wait, that doesn't work. I have no answer to that. And like the music is super good too at this point. Oh, yeah, it gets baller in this point. But yeah, so then the lights go out and nothing happens. And when the lights pop back on, like right as the lights mm-hmm. pop back on, Michael's already mid slash. And like that part in the theater, I was like, oh, fuck. 
Like, <laughs> that was good. And then, yeah, then uh, Oscar runs for the fence, but his cape gets caught on the bottom he, of the fence. And he's screaming <clears throat> for help, but she thinks he's full of shit, as I would, because he's trying to, like, play some mind games to get her to give him a little smooch. So she's hesitant to turn back and help him. She does eventually turn around and go check out. But uh, by that time, he's already checked out. <laughs> yeah, I know you like that one. I did. I thought I of that did. on the fly. <laughs> or he, he's partially over the fence uh, of just his head when he gets a knife in the back. When I first watched it, when I watched it, it looks like he gets the knife in the back and falls onto the bar because mm-hmm. later the bar is uh, the top like of the his... fence. It's Chin-ish. through his like and comes out of his mouth oh. and there's like a tooth. There's like a whip. In one of the behind the scenes things, they they showed a brief moment of the of the scene, uh, and they're advising the actor that's you know behind playing Michael how to slash. And apparently he's supposed to dig in and pull down. Mm. So I think the idea was that Michael stabbed him, skewers him, and then yanked down so that the fence could do the rest, which is like. That I think is more hard. I mean, it is more hardcore because that's just brutal. It's showy. Then he's on display for people to see. When Allison mm-hmm. runs back and she sees him uh, hanging around that fence dripping mm-hmm. and then Michael pops out and we get that awesome. <laughs> so good. That, that the, the score right there is also awesome. As well. uh, she's running from Michael. So things were literally moving so fast at this point that I stop taking notes because it's just like I'm so invested at what's going on. I had it playing and I'd pause it and I, w- I had my laptop and I'd type a note <laughs> and then I'd unpause it and sometimes yeah. I'd go back like for quotes I'd go back and then pause yep. it and then like and then play it so like I was doing it like that play pause note. We're cycling through several characters so we have Lori her daughter and her son-in-law at at her house and i mean this is probably the first time he's seeing everything i would assume yeah i don't think uh, they go to the strode house very often he's when they go into the basement bunker he's totally checking everything out like what the fuck but imagine like the feeling oh wow so i was rightfully uh critical of her actually you know i could have been a little bit more critical he probably <laughs> feels super justified in his treatment of her by looking at all of the guns that are there because it's safer there but i mean honestly it if you're not stupid, yeah. her house is definitely safer. Fucking that, as long Jesus. as you keep her alive, you know, because she knows most about it. But they got the switch. It moves that counter over. I love that. And you go to the secret basement. So much. Wanted. Just like So you a, can like hide from people and yeah. no one will ever know you're down there. But yeah, and then this is where Hoss- this is where she's like crying, right? And doesn't he like hug her? He probably I don't remember if he does. I don't know. But I mean, this is when they pick her up. And but yeah, she's- they're picking her up and they're gonna take her. This is not a good time. I am so mad at that air quote doctor. You know what? I don't even think he is a doctor. I think he has one of those uh send in your information, you get mailed a diploma situations, especially that deleted scene. Okay, that deleted scene is, uh, I put, <laughs> what the fuck? It's just weird. Stop picking your nose. And he's like, I need to I scratch, scratch my, my brain. I scratch my brain through my nose. And then right before that, can I ask you, can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. 
do you ever wear, wear women's <laughs> panties or something like that? I was yeah. like, what? I was we like, just, that's just cute. We're going at a whole deeper level, sir. We don't know each other like that. Uh, so yeah, that there is a, a deleted scene that's called Sartain and Hawkins Ride Along. Hawkins is like, how can you help me? And Sartain's like, yeah, he's going for Lori. Like literally, it's just so random. Yeah. Ask him if he wears ladies undies and picks his nose for a really long time. He is uh, in there, y'all. He's digging for gold. Um, and Hawkins is upset, like, don't get your boogers in my car. And that's the scene. I was like, I was filling up my water bottle and like my kitchen is what four steps from my TV, but I can't see it from my kitchen. So I like hear him say, don't get your boogers in my car or whatever. And I'm like, wait, what's happening right now? <laughs> exactly. And I come back and yeah, he is like knuckle deep in his nose <laughs> and it's insane that scene's gonna be on my mind for a long time i think that was one scene that was rightfully deleted but, i think that editor did their job <laughs> true but at the same time i think it really helps like discredit this weirdo i think it helps make him an absolute basket case okay he's weird but like <laughs> i don't know so what do you think at this point like, were you all in on, I know you've seen it before, but were you all in on this guy ready to sabotage everything? It surprised me. I will say, so this twist, I, I think, rightfully uh, divided a lot of people. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is uh, Allison's in the backseat of the car, Hawkins and Sartain in the front. They see Michael. Hawkins is like, fuck this, rams down mm-hmm. Michael. Like, okay, they get out. He's going to kill him. And Sartain is like, no, don't kill him. I'm going to go check. Oh, you killed him. Yeah. And then Hawkins is like, I'm going to blow this fucker's brains out. Do what I should have done 40 years ago. And then, yeah, Sartain, uh, his pen turns out to also be like a knife. It pops out like an extended sharp thing. And he stabs Hawkins and kills him. Man, they did Hawkins dirty. I like. I remembered that it happened. And I remembered vividly Doc wearing the mask yeah he rises up in the mask and i remember in the theater thinking oh no Mm -hmm. i was not a fan of this particular part also i don't think it was very useful so yeah he kills hawkins right but he doesn't he doesn't get to have like a murderous moment you know what i mean well after he kills him he says so this is what it feels like so he's all he's like, oh, I'm to have, living yeah. vicariously through Michael. And he puts on the mask. Make room for my patient <laughs> or something he says. Yeah. And I was, that, no, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. almost exactly what he said. And that, I liked the whole, the suspense part of her being yeah. locked in the backseat oh, with Michael. That's being fantastic. Being in a cop car, that's you perfect. can't get out. And she's locked in with the fucking murderers. So fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the whole, just Sartain, when he put on the mask, I it thought it was more silly yeah. and almost like I couldn't take it serious. I hate everyone thinking that the mask is this beyond human like instrumental thing to evil. I don't hate that. Theory. I just think it's a little much. Like I think it works for yeah. Michael, but I think other people seeing it like if I put it on, like what will I feel? I think it only would work I think if Michael died and yeah. then the the mask was passed on but I, I don't think it could be like you put it on there's <laughs> a fucking deleted scene that guy wears the mask and it's stupid and the mm-hmm. podcast boy wears the oh i know mask. i hated it um 
Doesn't he that say seems that so like pointless. I just feel putting this thing on, wearing the mask seems to elicit these sort of you know behavior, no, whatever. That's I, I thought you're that a weirdo, sucked. but it did bring a little bit of sexiness to the story, and I think that's the whole point that they wanted in the scene originally. Yeah. But so he kills, I could see Sartain killing yeah. Hawkins to protect uh michael because he wants his patient i didn't see him sabotaging the bus like his motivations from here on out i thought it was like okay i killed hawkins and there's no one going back so now i might as well fucking see this thing out yeah i didn't see as like oh this was my grandmaster plan the whole time well, he wants to set him free and like witness everything. But I think at the same time, I'm really set on the fact that this guy's not a real doctor. I I just really want this to all be a scheme. He literally said that he worked under I know, um, but Loomis and he petitioned the It's easy to falsify documents in the 80s, I'm sure. If he worked with Loomis, I think that's a little I think he was a student of Loomis. So he knew him. Maybe he never graduated. Maybe he wasn't like a literal student who got so wrapped up in following this whole Michael Myers thing that that consumed him. You know, crazy people can earn their PhD. I just like don't want him to have validity. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) The fact that he willingly admits Michael is his obsession rather than like Loomis, it does have an obsession there, but it's a fear as well. And it's like a different sort of motivation. It's like some people are also like, oh, I'm so obsessed with this series. And that doesn't mean like literally obsessed. It just means like by saying it's my life's obsession, Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like, this is what I've been working on my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like it it bears that sort of weight. This is my master thesis that I've been working toward in my academia. But I got to say, Michael wakes up very fast. He pretty much wakes up instantly, uh, almost upon hearing... His sister's name. I don't know if that was intentional. That's what seemed a little silly to me because it it was like immediate. He perked up. Also, this doctor's so stupid. Well, that was when she looked to the left and the mask was already Mm -hmm. gone and he was wearing it. She's so close to him and didn't notice the mask. Come on. I don't know. When he fucking kicks the bench seat. Oh, my God. This guy has some strong legs because that's insane because not only is it a bench seat it is one that is like bolted in with like the guard up because it's a cop car that is superhuman but i mean like michael he was 21 or something when he murdered mm-hmm. those people it's 40 years later so dude's 61 mm-hmm. he, i'm assuming he doesn't like work out a lot but like he lifts people regularly off <laughs> the ground with like one hand pins them to walls like he has some sort of ungodly yeah. strength that the and I, that's why i was afraid because like even though he's old i don't think of him as old man i think of Okay, that's the mm-hmm. shape that is doesn't matter who's he transcends age. <laughs> yeah, essentially. I think in Halloween too, and that one doesn't count anymore. He fucking walks through a door, like straight mm-hmm. up just busts through a wooden door at one point. So like straight up, Michael's like, yo, I'm gonna come get you if I'm gonna come mm-hmm. get you. So I, that was one of those things like where you wouldn't expect it. It was also satisfying for me because I was like, fuck you, Sartain. You deserve this bitch. When he stomped <laughs> on his head. It was like 
Yeah. Insane. It was oh I was feeling that one. Guts, not guts, brains, but you know what I mean. Viscera, like, brain matter. Yeah. Just fucking immediate jello. And then that's when Allison gets to run. She runs just before he kips down uh, stomps on him. Because I believe he's still he does another say something. And that's what Mike says. I'm giving up <laughs> on you and stomps him in. Like, doesn't she kind of hesitate for a second on like the tree I line? I think she does. I think she like, yeah, she looks back and he looks at her and she's like, all right, yeah. fuck this. And then Michael's like, well, I'm gonna go back to kill and start tame because <laughs> uh, never liked you anyway. I also really like the way that shot was lit. Just the, they're supposed to be in like the brake lights. And we see this shot almost from um, Sartain's view because it's you're looking up at Michael and he's just cast in red. And I, I think at some point he gets the blue flashes because the cops start to come and you get the, the head tilt when Michael's mm. looking. You're looking up at Michael and, and it's pure red. It just looked cool. But yeah, since those cops showed up, we missed one little bit, which is uh, the cops on lunch. My bon me boy. So wholesome. Yeah. So cute. It was so wonderful. Cops in the driver's seat is an actual police officer. He was uh, the guy. He was like there uh, when they get yeah. someone the talk that tells them like this isn't actually not what you do yeah. whatever and like their consultant essentially and then the other cop the one who makes brownie and some pudding he's the guy that worked on the mask <laughs> you're so predictable so i had them make you peanut butter and jelly bond me and like, i'm not eating no pondy or something he just says it like so funny it's less about the contents and more yeah, yeah it, it's, he was it's like a this. korean version of a french baguette and it's just so detailed so wholesome for a minute that's why that seems funny it's just it's like dry humor but i, I enjoy and it, i yeah. love like those little moments of like you know they've been working together for quite a while. They're like partners, yeah, so they have they to have deal this with rapport. each other all the time. And it just makes me think of my boss, who I work with all the time, and just like the shit we give each other. You know, like yeah. we know each other's mm-hmm. weak spots, <laughs> and we have fun with it. But yeah, they notice like, oh shit, is that Hawkins? Did you have this issue? You probably didn't. I'm thinking too much of it. But like every time they said Hawkins, I just kept thinking about Stranger Things. Oh, no, I actually do think about Hawkins, Indiana. And then and then I kept thinking of Hopper. Yeah. And then I thought of and then I was thinking of Lonnie is Will's dad. So when they said Lonnie in the beginning, I was like, huh, because not like that name is very common. Mm-hmm. So it just. They try and call for him. They try to get him on the radio. And they get out and walk over and they find Sartain. And then behind, and then it shows behind them because they're over by backside yeah. of the car and then by their SUV or their car. Michael Myers mm-hmm. is watching them. Mm-hmm. We go back to the house. They're upstairs and Laura's like, fuck this. I'm putting the house in mm-hmm. lockdown mode. And then we jump to Allison running through the forest. By the way, the, the music in that scene again. So fucking so beautiful as she runs through the forest. And that's when the cop car rolls up. Ray, that's his name, right? Dad. Oh, hey, you hear anything about my daughter? So he grabs his handgun, Mm -hmm. walks outside to check the cop car. And as he approaches, you know, the cops aren't responding. But it looks like there's a cop in there holding a jack-o'-lantern. And when he opens the door, 
that's not a jack-o'-lantern <laughs> it's uh one of the cops heads has been hollowed out completely and the eye holes opened up and the mouth cut in such a way so it looked like a jack-o'-lantern the crafting ability here okay this is what I, this is what i meant earlier when i said michael's a drama queen i was on your team on this how long did that take i mean he killed those guys in what in like five minutes yeah. so and not only that not only that so the car drives up ray sees it on the camera goes outside after michael drives up the car he's like okay now it gets out then he puts the first co- dead cop in the yeah. front seat because how could the car drive up the dude was yeah. dead and then he puts the thing mm-hmm. in his lap so i was like he had to have all this prepped and then he's like all right now i'm gonna go sneak and wait for the pers- first person to show up that's a lot of effort it maybe if michael had been in the back seat and popped out like and got him but like he's somewhere different i'm like man how did you do that so fast (laughs) there's a level of dedication that he has to the theatrics that's what i think really helps it helps the way that he is always kind of lurking in the shadows and like kind of always a part of a scene even if he's not the focus of a scene because we're supposed to be focusing on other people i mean because after he kills the officers and he stabs one of them in the head with sartain's pen all the brains and shit so I've never scooped out someone's brains, but I have scooped out the inside of a pumpkin. Not a fun time. And it takes a yeah, long that's time. That's a lot yeah. of effort. And Michael did it great. Yeah. I mean, I know he's supposed to be pure evil, but that's like a level of dedication and creativity. When you're in the psych ward, you get to have some craft time. So <laughs> watermelons yep. and pumpkins. He's like, I'm carving. I need to practice. And then, yeah, Ray's out there. He sees this whole scene. And then Michael walks up. Ray didn't stand a chance. And Michael just strangles him. Yeah. And then Ray's dead. With the exception of one line later, because then Lori sees like, oh, Michael's here. She's like, yo, daughter, go go in the basement. And her daughter's like, where's Ray, a.k.a. my husband and father of my child? <laughs> Lori's like, just go in the basement. And she's like, okay. And that's the last we ever hear of Ray. We're going to shelf this for now. That is some compartmentalization. If they don't address this in the sequel, which I'm assuming is going to happen in the same night, I'm like, yeah. yo, you did you even care about this, dude? If her daughter's like 17, it seems like the marriage has been, I think mm-hmm. that he's her father. So like they've been together for at least 18, 17, 18 years. Yeah, yeah. and it seems like they have no a thought. decent relationship. Yeah, but I didn't feel his death too much. He'd hold them back, I think. I have time for grief, but he's not my man, so... <laughs> Oh, is this when he um when she goes up by the door and he and he grabs her? That was good. I I hate this. You know, like the visceral reaction for me, like because the noise of it, like her mm-hmm. him holding her head and pulling oh, it um, into the door, ooh, and hearing the bangs. Yeah, that just ugh, makes me uncomfortable. I was a little annoyed that she got that like, close. put her back to that door, knowing that it's got two big glass. Yeah. Parts I was on it. mad like, that I, that I wasn't here as someone reinforced like not only that with the glass there she has like to lock people mm-hmm. out uh that big bar yeah. that she can put across it but then if the glass is broken later on he just reaches in and yeah. grabs the bar like well that defeats the purpose of but that then she has her little room sectioners which i have those are good 
and bad. She tries to get her gun. Uh, he grabs the barrel and she blows like two of his fingers mm-hmm. off. It's pretty no cool. biggie. I thought that was satisfying. Just a couple fingies for the shape. That, yeah. Yeah. He's like, whatever. I can still keep moving. <laughs> he got shot in the shoulder. He gets mm-hmm, shot. Mm-hmm. This dude gets shot all the time. He don't care. Bullets don't mean nothing to him. She runs back into the basement. It makes me so anxious because like I can see how much thought she's put into this house. But like, dude, one yeah. wrong move, you're in the trap. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about that a lot, yeah. too. Maybe that I'm like, that's a cool trap. But like, if something went wrong before mm-hmm. that, you're cornered. you could like accidentally kill. Yeah. it's So, yeah, then uh, she's finally like, talks to her daughter and is like, actually, then they hear Michael upstairs. Mm-hmm. And there's a really cool shot again, in my opinion, where it's like, <laughs> and it lo- is, uh, the camera looks up and Michael's standing there. Uh, he's bleeding with his two missing fingers, but he's just chilling up there, walking around in her house. And so she's like, all right, I'm going to go upstairs and, and finish this shit. And then we, this is a scene that cuts to Allison stumbling into the mannequin target dummy thing. Yeah. And I can't stand this scene. Useless. Because, yes, I would probably be creeped the fuck out if I'm running through a forest and running to like a you know a bunch of mannequins but it's also pretty evident that they're just mannequins and they're also been used to target practice and like she screams the camera's zooming in on all the mannequins faces and i was like like i'm not is this gonna scare i don't know it just kept it lasted longer than i thought it should we've already seen the mannequins we know that they're there and they're not creepy anymore they were stalling they wanted us to take us away oh yeah for the they wanted tension. yeah they wanted to take us away from the like intense action that's happening in there <sighs> Fair, fair, but that's I still don't agree. Not with that one, but yeah, yeah, but they could have done better than yeah. that, I think, because that just I was just like, well, that's dumb. But yeah, so Lori goes on the hunt for Michael. We get some switcheroos where she thinks he's in a closet. Mm-hmm. He's not in the closet. And then she goes upstairs. And yeah, as you're saying, she's got this whole setup where every room right outside of the door, mm-hmm. you can like hit a button and lock whoever's in that room. Like in it's like a metal yeah. grate. Well, is it in the room or outside the room? It's I just it's know right she outside. hits it by the door. So it's like you you check the room and then she's clearing, clearing rooms it and-, and then you shut it off. So then you're essentially going to corner him somewhere or keep Mm -hmm. him out of a place that you don't want him. But I would just worry. I don't know. Things could go wrong. You can get trapped in a room with someone. I was almost thinking if you have one big hallway upstairs and then a bunch of doors, lock down all the doors (laughs) and be like, all right, he's not in the hallway. If he's in one of those rooms, good luck. I'm going to be in the living room. Where I could see everyone coming at me. Yeah, so you can be aware of the situation and like on your turf, not back to a window or something. So you can Mm -hmm. have your eyes on all the entrances and stuff. And then we get another closet scene. And this is another switch because there's so that's a dark ass room. Of course it is. Mm -hmm. And there's some creepy mannequins like five or six in one corner because of course there are. And then she's got her rifle and she's got she's holding the flashlight and she sees a trail of blood little droplets leading to the closet oh is michael in there she opens the door oh it's not him but it, it it's uh her now dead son-in-law which by the way so that means at some point between the uh-huh. shot of like looking up 
of Michael. He went back outside, picked up Ray's body, climbed up the stairs and stuffed his ass into a closet and then hid behind because he's behind a mannequin. Yeah. Spoiler. And then hides behind a mannequin and is like, I'm away for her to find him. <laughs> then it'll pop out. Like, again, you just like. And then you got to think, too. That is some major drama. Yo. It's drama, <laughs> but it's also like knocking her kind of off kilter by seeing something like that and then having to rebound and immediately have to deal with seeing him. So he's trying, he's playing the psych, yeah. he's trying to do the psychological warfare before he does the physical, but he's already like unkillable pretty much. But all right, he likes to fuck with your head before he gets it on. Uh, but yeah, so then she opens the door, the other door to the closet and, oh, he's not in there. And then Michael pops out behind the mannequin and uh, they get in a nice fisty cuffs fight, <laughs> smacking and punching. And then in another role reversal from the original, she ends up getting tossed out the balcony and falls into the backyard. And then she's lying there and Michael goes and looks at her and she's lying there. After he hears a scream, he looks back down and she's gone. I have mixed feelings on that scene, particularly because I understand it's an homage mm -hmm. to the original uh, instead where Michael gets shot, he falls off the balcony. You know, Loomis checks. Loomis looks away. Loomis looks back. Michael's gone. It's the same thing with the roles switched this time. Like she rolls off the balcony and that, because they never show like a good shot of the back of the house. I didn't even know how like it looks like some of the roof was slanted down. And it doesn't even look like she fell that far. So like, and she rolled. So like when she first fell, instead of lying there like she's dead, I think she'd be like, ow. And then like the disappearing, I don't know, it just seemed like that, that scene was entirely in there as a callback. And I like homages, but when it gets too heavy handed, I feel like it's just for the fans. And then it makes it hard to stand on its mm -hmm. own. Without the reference, you're just like, okay, I'm not scared because wait, she did the disappear. Like it's it's kind of weird that way in a sense. Like it only works if this is a sequel. Also, and when she checks the closet, the closet was full with shelves. And I was like, wait, you don't know that that closet's full of shelves. You're checking <laughs> for Michael. Did you think he like opened it, tossed all the hey. shit out, and then hid in the closet? But there was oh yeah, you know what? He, you're right. <laughs> He could have taken the, <laughs> he would have hit it too. So she wouldn't find the stuff. Yeah. You're right. He's good. He's good. Allison shows up. She goes to the basement with her mummy. And that's when we get the, uh, Michael comes look because he can't find Lori. So he's like, oh, I'm gonna go find your kitties. And he starts ripping up the counter uh, to get to the secret spot because he knows where they're at. And that's when Karen grabs her rifle. Her rifle with her little lightning bolt, KS. Her initials. And she feigns terror to get Michael to pop out because he, he rips the counter off the freaking floor. So like, again, it's that superhuman strength. Just keeps tossing that thing until it falls over and like rips up some mechanical shit. She's like, I can't, mommy, help me. And then Michael's like, okay, you're weak. I can come at you. And she's like, gotcha. I love that. Like literally she says, got, that is a good moment. Yeah. She goes from like, I can't do it. And then her face becomes serious. Gotcha. And she shoots him in the fucking head. Nice shot. Probably small caliber because he doesn't seem to no. take too much damage from it. Like at all. I really wondered if I was going to hate that. I remembered the gotcha. Same. But I loved it. I loved it. It made me excited. It's good. I think that one's satisfying yeah. too because up until that point, you're also not entirely sure that she can handle this because yeah. she switches back and forth kind mm -hmm. of. And this is the first time where she's like, no, I still got mm -hmm. it. And then this is again, this is another homage with a, a switch because after he gets, or he gets shot in the head, he like stumbles. It cuts to like the, the door behind her or him, mm -hmm. which is dark. And then Lori's face 
gets lit up and she says, happy Halloween, Michael, and pops out with a knife. And she she slices his right arm Mm -hmm. in this or left arm in the same spot where she got slashed in the original. And it's right after the part where she's by the door and his mask gets lit up and he slashes her. It's again, I like it, but it was just for the audience. Like it was for us. And it felt like would Lori like stop and wait? Happy Halloween, Michael. Or she's pop up like, gotcha, mother. Yeah. It just seemed like it was for the audience as like a get it. It's a callback. Gotta say the title. (laughs) Gotta say Halloween. It's a little unnecessary. It's a little The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. The knife to the arm, I like because it's not, they don't dwell on it. Like that shot's really quick. She slices and she gets his arm and it's like cut really quick after that. I had paused it and rewatched it and I was like, oh, because at first I thought she missed him with the knife and then I rewound it and watched it and she slashes his arm in the same spot. Mm-hmm. The face lighting up. Yeah. So like how do you explain that in how do you explain that? In the original it's creepy when his, his mask lights up but in here it's straight up she's suddenly there. Mm. It's those motion lights you know. Just didn't work for me. Um, I liked the, the arm kind of giving them a matching wound. I think that, that reinforces that idea that they're kind of connected mm-hmm. in some way or that they're mirroring each other almost in the way she's behaving um but then they get a fight Lori finally pops his ass down the stairs karen and allison are like all right shit let's get out of here but like he grabs karen allison grabs a knife and stabs michael she's like now get off of mommy <laughs> uh then mommy karen kicks michael in the face and he falls karen pulls some levers and this is where we get the line it's not a cage baby it's a trap mm-hmm. And I'm going to, this is where I rewind. So, (laughs) so right after Michael first rolls in, they go into the basement. It's Lori and her daughter. And she's like, I know you thought this was my cage. And then they hear the footsteps. And then she's like, okay, let me go do my thing. And the second line is Allison, who wasn't there for any Mm -hmm. of that. When she first shows up and Karen's like, oh, I'm here. She goes down there. They're waiting. They hear stuff and they hear Michael upstairs. And Allison whispers, I'm locked in a cage. And then I was like, okay. Why is everyone using the same words? That because I I understand like it's a basement. I wouldn't think cage. I would have said like we're cornered down here. Is there a way out? Something like that. Or we're like, dude, there's no way in or out. But I wouldn't say I was in a cage. It just didn't seem like a cage. Um, and so then it was setting up this line because then once she kicks him in and then she Karen looks at her daughter and says, it's not a cage, baby. It's a trap. And I was like, you literally had those other two lines in there mm-hmm. specifically to set this up because otherwise the dialogue just didn't <laughs> fit. And so it bothered me. Yeah. Like he, that is obviously set up. Uh, but then Lori triggers the trap which is apparently the entire house is rigged with gas uh, and then she drops the flare down there the house burns they get the fuck out as michael looks up at them yeah he just stares as the flames uh start to rise but then once they leave the house the camera's in the same spot mm-hmm. looking down and michael's not on the stairs anymore you just can't see him because the house burns mm-hmm. they get help and uh they they drive again though it's that she runs up to the car and then she's like help us and then kind of looks away and not at them and doesn't tell them anything else or like not only that <laughs> i think she's still holding a knife yeah it's because she's holding a knife in the final scene oh. i think she ran up to the car with like help us holding a bloody knife <laughs> 
I was also like, yo, if I saw that, I'm hitting the gas. Get the yeah. I don't. I, did you just murder someone and set their house on fire? Yeah. I don't know, know you. Out here with exactly. And then we get the shot where it actually ends up just on the knife, like it pans mm-hmm. down to the knife freeze frames as they're in the back of the truck that's driving them away. Yeah. So I wonder she's gonna be a killer in the next one. I don't. How think can so, we get two more movies with Michael? I think they're all gonna be the same fucking night. Because yes, at the end we know he's alive. Watch the credits. There's heavy breathing. I actually, because I ha- I know nothing about Halloween Kills. I haven't read anything. I'm not doing it. I'm going in blind. And that's what we'll be talking about next time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have no idea what the story is about, except that it's a sequel to that. So I'm assuming it's on the same night. Um, but I could be wrong. It has to pick up right where we left off. I think that makes the most sense. I do hope that they're going to go back to the town. They're going to go to the police station. And I want them to be like sitting in an in, like an interrogation room, essentially. Not like because they're mm-hmm. getting interrogated, really, but because like, we'll keep you safe in here. Let's talk this out. What happened? And then they kind of go through it. And then they say, well, there were also this body, this body. Like, I want the body count to be stupid. He inked a ton of people. In because this there's one. at least way more in the original. Like he 13. had like five in this one. Yeah, he killed at least he killed a whole bunch yeah. of randos in his early spree. And then, uh, no, the body count in this one was significantly higher than in the original. It was like, how many people did he kill everyone that was on that bus? Because they were there no, I think and he, they were gone. No, I don't think he killed any of the yeah. patients. Or uh, I think he ganked the guards, probably the drug. I didn't think about the drive. Maybe one of those guards was the driver. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. One could be the guard. One guard is probably a driver. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I think he just killed the people he needed to, to get mm-hmm. out. And then he left. Kind of surprising that he didn't go for the doctor. Because I feel like if I were Michael, I would murder that dude. I'm like, you're, I would be like, you're way too interested and invested. Like, I'm not your career. You're not getting anything from me. I would have just like snap the neck well and that's why i think the only reason he didn't is because and this is why i had to look it up later which it had been speculated mm-hmm. that dr sartain was responsible yeah. for freeing michael i'm helping him escape you're right you're right so that makes sense that maybe he's like well i could use you later and then he probably got bored of him mm-hmm. because the producer uh, ryan turek they did an interview where he talked about he's like they wanted to be ambiguous but all signs are pointing to absolutely certain <laughs> orchestrated all this he said he'd always called certain the anti-lumis mm-hmm. and so he was a doctor who came under lumis studied but his whole belief system and what he wanted to explore with michael was obviously much different he said did certain let him off the bus yeah, absolutely. Mm. But before we go on to overall combos, I can talk a little bit about the extended oh, scenes because yeah. there were some we didn't talk about. First of all, this one, I the, the extended shooting range, I didn't think that part added too much. No. We get there's like some more shots of Lori getting some good shots with her rifle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a long shot of her drinking her smoothie mm-hmm. and she walks up to a mannequin and shoots it in the head with her revolver at close range. The, the next scene, though, adds some interesting things. I thought she's cleaning her weapons after she puts a single round in her revolver cylinder spins it slaps it into place so russian roulette and then rubs the barrel up and down her chin Mm -hmm. that was something we hadn't seen in our version and then there's actually a quick shot because the the front door buzzes and it turns out it's the podcasters but there's a quick shot where it changes angles and michael there's he's in his mask standing she can't see him but he's staying in the background. I don't think he's there. It's like kind of, I th- I'm pretty sure that's symbolic. Yeah. I don't think it was really there, but like he's literally in that scene, it cuts and he's just standing there in the back as she's pressing the 
gum uh the gun to her chin and then when it cuts back uh, he's not there mm-hmm. anymore more about Lori's state of mind definitely i would have preferred that part been kept in uh, then there was the shower mask scene which <sighs> my opinion sucked yeah so the podcast uh, lady, she's. I didn't in the realize it was because, her you know, at first. I thought it was another person because, on the block. Yeah, because we needed a shower scene, obviously. And then you see Michael slowly walking uh, mm-hmm. because she's. Uh, there's a shower curtain. It's steamy, but you can still make out basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And the mask is approaching. And then when it opens, it turns out uh, it's just the podcast guy wearing the mask, and he's all like, "Let me join you." And then they like get frisky, but she makes him take the. Oh mask you off know, this movie definitely was not horny enough it traded out some horniness for gore i think yeah honestly scene didn't it didn't even add anything no. to their characters like it just seemed pointless to me oh, i'm with you i don't know how i feel about this one this one was called jog to a hanging dog mm, yeah uh so this one allison's jogging and then she as she rounds the corner she sees there's a tree and there's a dog that's neck appears to be slick because it's all bloody and it's hanging from its hind legs from a tree and there are cops trying to get it down no, thank you she's disgusted she she goes away and then right before it ends it, it switches to a shot looking down the street and there's michael in his hospital whites so this takes place before he got he killed people at the uh gas station yeah. that would have changed everything i think yeah because that implies that he he was almost watching her mm-hmm. and he was i don't know because he's literally just standing in the street next to the car looking down yeah. there like watching that because i was like so mike's michael's addicted to dogs again that's why i was confused because that implies yeah that he almost had been watching allison yeah. or had seen her that he earlier. was already going for the strodes not yes. just stumbling upon them like it seems the next scene was allison and friends at school this is when vicky first reveals she can't go to the dance because she's babysitting i mean that part i didn't care too much for because we figure that out yeah uh but this is where her boyfriend dave sets up the tattoo because yep. they're they're making jokes and she's like i'm gonna pop your cherry and he's like i'm allergic to cherries <laughs> he's like oh you mean love making sure <laughs> and then he's like hey we could get a uh, matching tattoos to commemorate she's like oh yeah and it seems like a joke so later on when he has the tattoo i was like oh I get it. He actually went through with it. The whole tattoo thing kind of didn't land for yeah. me without that little bit of setup. Otherwise, he's like, I just got it commemorated. What? Because you think you're going to get laid tonight? Like, yeah. It just didn't work. And that actually did have an extra part with Oscar and Cameron. Mm-hmm. Well, they're both sober. So apparently they're not completely dicks yet. But Cameron's like, you know, I do actually like her. So don't, you know. Make... And I was like, that makes him look less shitty. I mean, obviously he's shitty. For now. Because then he also made her like a little pumpkin and he asks, like, how she's been with her family yeah. and all that jazz. The next scene, Cameron and cops don't mix. He fishes her phone out of the nacho cheese. He's like, I'm sorry, please put it in some rice. Buy you a new blah, one. Blah, blah. And he seems like he might mean it, maybe. But then a couple of cops show up and they're they're canceling the dance, which is something I didn't. This is another bad communication. The cops are like, hey, y'all got to go. And Cameron's like, we were having a fight and then we're about to make up. And you guys have to shine the light on it. So he gets belligerent. And one of the cops gets on. Just didn't need to do that also the cop gets on a power trip yep. too but they're both kind of being dicks to each yeah. other because they're all like what who's the little bitch now yeah so they're all totally being stupid, unnecessary but... but also i thought this was like a small town don't they know who she is 
Because isn't that like the reason why? Yeah, I guess they would know that Michael Myers is out murdering. Well, they didn't know who he was at first. They're like, hey, who's your smartest oh. friend? And he's like, oh, you're one of them. He knows the last name. He's like, oh, it's one of you. So he didn't recognize her at first. True. But yeah, he gets arrested because he's a dick and the cop's a dick and they all dick each mm-hmm. other down. Uh, and that gets. I don't think that's <laughs> the right phrasing. But who's the bitch now? I'm a bigger man. Oh, but that means bad communication again. Cause she's like, Oh, uh, what's uh, is something wrong? And I forgot what he says. He just says, like, just go home. Like they yeah. don't just say, like, maybe they're not supposed yeah. to say there's been an incident. But like, I don't know. It just felt so they were clearly on a power trip. Just like get the fuck but, home and yeah, bing. there's no reason to talk that way. Why would anyone like take you seriously if you're just not going to tell me what's actually going on? If I was a teen, I'm not listening. The next cut scene uh, was a little more of our cops talking about their food. Thankfully, they used most of it and like the funniest bits are in the movie. Yeah. So it wasn't a whole lot extra. And the last scene, extra scene we talked about, which was Sartain and Hawkins ride along, <laughs> which Jesus. Yeah, that guy definitely breaks into the uh, uh, stash of meds at yeah, the he's, hospital. He's sampling the merchandise. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that guy is sane. My big gripes, if Dr. Sartain mm-hmm. hadn't driven him literally within like a half mile of Laurie Strode's house, like, would he have even fucking gotten there? Yeah. He was walking the other way than the way they drive. Uh, how would you rate the movie? Uh, how, how do you think, not even just rating it, how, would, how do you think it stands as a sequel to the original? I think it's decent. I think it's decent for the timeline that we're on because like we're using the same actress. <clears throat> it is so far later. I don't think it would hold any weight for me if this was the first movie. Like if I hadn't had a love for the original Halloween, I don't think I would really care but like I mean who doesn't like the original Halloween I feel like that's a small camp I think there's there's some misses I think that it's hard because it's it's Halloween it takes place in like a day essentially there's a little bit before Mm -hmm. time but it's like a day it was the day before and then some of the yeah yeah and so it's like we don't get a lot of time with our characters like our new characters it doesn't really matter for most of them because they're all dead like i feel like everything moves so fast but i know that they're not the ones that are like most important to the story but i was invested in like other relationships and i really did like Mm -hmm. like your friends but that's the point we got to kill people i get it but i really liked hawkins and i was really upset about his death i think that's the one that kind of got to me the most plus because it was such a bitch way sartain gets him not even michael right gets taken out by the shitty doctor yeah that's rude he deserved better a very similar takeaway in that i had to kind of think of how does the movie stand as a sequel Mm -hmm. and then how does it stand on its own because even a sequel yeah it's most of the time you have seen the original and i mean i have but i also understand that some a sequel should still stand on its own where like if you haven't seen the original yet you're not going to get everything but for the most part if done well you can it can still it has its own story it's contained but i think that there's some things in this movie and i mean i I discussed them earlier like where they were heavy homages Mm -hmm. where it was to the point of like slapping you in the face with fan service this doesn't stand on its own it only stands because oh i get that from the first one and that that works in doses yeah. small doses i think it didn't get that it bad doesn't... until like the in the house yeah 
I know I agree with you there. I think all of the little things were fine up until then. It was the Lori falling off the mm-hmm. balcony for me and disappearing. And then it was a lot of the, the happy Halloween Michael yeah. and her face getting left. But I think it's because it happened so close to the end. And those are yeah. such big ones and obvious ones that it sticks with me. I enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand like the, the audience rating, like around a seven out of 10 is kind of what I would yeah. give it. Because like I, I can watch it. I enjoy it. But there are parts where I go like that's bullshit so i went and bought the blu-ray and i'm pretty sure i got judged for buying it at the resale <laughs> shop that i went to because <laughs> everything at the store 90 percent of the product is under lock and key so i was looking for it and it's all you know you just see the spine of everything so i'm looking and i'm like oh is this Halloween or is this Halloween or is it Halloween? I was like, is it the original? There's three different versions. Is it versions. Rob Zombie or is it 2018? And this guy walks past me a couple times and I'm like, this one looks like it would be the one. I find the Blu-ray because I'm like, if I'm going to get it, might as well fucking get the Blu-ray. What, what am I doing with the DVD? I finally stop him and I'm like, hey, can you snag this for me? Uh, is it the 2018 Halloween? He pulls it out and he's like, it's the green Halloween. What, the what? The green Halloween. Because oh, his last name. Is that how we... Yeah, that's how no, he defined direct. it. Okay. And I'm like, <sighs> like... The green Halloween. I hadn't heard it referred yeah. to that way. And I was like, instead of John Carpenter's. Yeah. Okay. Which green. makes sense. And the Rob Zombie. Yeah. It makes uh, sense. Yeah. Okay. Rob Zombie, Carpenter, and Green. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to remember so that. So, like, I, yeah. fair. <laughs> he goes, Have you seen this one? Like, and I didn't take it as a completist. Have you seen this one? It's like, a, Are you sure you want this? Because, mm-hmm. like, have you seen it? And I was like, Oh, yeah. I saw it in theaters, but I haven't seen it since. And I didn't want to be like, I'm doing a podcast. And I'm like, well, that's going to be it. And then we're chatting a little bit. And I was like, oh, yeah, they keep showing this at the drive-in. And we're talking about the different drive-ins in the city. And I was like, yeah, Mm. they show this one a lot, probably because the new one's coming out. They show Scream and Friday the 13th and everything. And he like perked up. He was like, oh, really? So then he's like, okay, so this... This person isn't all bad. Uh, yeah, it's not the only one you you, you see. Yeah. That's when I messaged you telling you that I got it. And in my head, yep. I was thinking, oh, shit, did we fuck up wanting to watch this? Like I said, I hadn't watched it since in theaters. But when I was in theaters, I was enjoying it. I was like excited. And that's a different experience to watch something in theaters yeah. is so fun, especially like a especially horror, a horror movie. <laughs> Yes. Right. And you've ne- no one's seen it. Something's going to happen. And if I jump, like the whole row is going to feel it yeah. and they're going to know that yep. I jumped. Or like yeah. a, <gasps> yep. or like a well-deserved, yes. You know, when something good mm-hmm. happens, like I'm very, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm annoying in this case, but I am like a, like I very much do respond to the movies. And that's like fun when it's like a, we're mm-hmm. all on the same page. I forget what horror movie it was, but there was something where like a little twist, several people reacted to it like a, <gasps> or a no. It's <laughs> and it's so fun. I'm excited to see the next Halloween. Halloween kills. I'm, I'm really interested. I am too. So on a scale of like one to 10, I guess a seven out of 10 is solid, right? I feel like I can't- Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Cause I can't give it more. I think this is a decent movie. I'm excited that I now own it. I will be watching it again. And more often, um, it'll definitely be in my Halloween rotation. I watched this one as much. Yeah. I've seen it a handful of times. I tend to watch the original a lot. And I like Halloween too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 
original Halloween too. During my October, uh, I usually tend to stick with Jason Voorhees. Mm. They're not as scary. Yeah. Uh, by that, I mean, most of them aren't scary. They're ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but those are also just like, I can watch those and have a laugh at Jason oh, punching someone's head definitely. off. The first one, I just remember like the the fighting, the struggle, like, okay, we're going to run 10 feet Oh, and then we're going to tussle and then we're going to go into the shed and then we're going to tussle and then we're going to go over there and we're going to tussle. And this fight's st- no one's dead yet when she's fighting the mother. Um, mm-hmm. It just gets dragged on for so long. And like they're like, hand I don't hand. watch the first one. A lot. I, wouldn't. I, I like uh, <laughs> I normally honestly do a lot of the, fight, the sequels. The original is a classic. And you yeah. got an I mean. It's got a place, but I, I, I like a lot of the Voorhees, Jason Voorhees ones because, <laughs> yeah, they get ridiculous. They're not scary, but they're fun. And I enjoy that. And there's one with a psychic in it. I'm like a telekinetic. Well, they always She's have to get weird. plant at him, but they're enjoyable. Uh, but with that being said, I still uh, I enjoy this movie. I remember when I first saw it in theaters, I enjoyed it. And I talked to someone after who had also seen it in theaters and she'd only recently seen the original. Mm. So I don't. She didn't like the new uh, 2018 one very much. That was stupid. And I kind of at first I was like, man, how can you not do, you know, like it, blah, blah. But I think I was seeing it purely as a sequel and not as on its own. Because as you said, like if I didn't have that nostalgia, that love mm-hmm. for the original, some of this film wouldn't hold up quite as well. And it's not a lot. I think that's why it's like a seven out of 10, I think is good because it's not a bad movie. No, but I'm excited because there's two more movies. So I'm interested to see where they yeah. take the connection. I, I still I like the idea that their fate. It is fate. Yeah, that there is some sort of uh the force maybe it's malign maybe whatever that is connecting Lori and michael but this film as i said just like when i looked at the points it didn't seem like that even though it's it was like trying to imply mm-hmm. that they listen to us this is what's happening even though it's not what he's doing so maybe they'll kind of rectify it in in the sequels but, we'll but see the interesting thing is so let's look at it in star wars rules there is balance and there's always another. I'm really thinking that the, the granddaughter is going to be a get stabby. Like she has to get stabby. You wanted her Cameron to get stabby. I want you someone just want to get person. stabby. I'm waiting. Hey, Dr. Sartain got stabby. <sighs> yeah, but he sucked. Yeah. Be, yeah, exactly. Be careful what you wish yeah, for. Because you get Dr. Sartain. That's all we get. Because like, if you're talking about fate, would it really end with him? Would someone continue on the legacy? And I think that was also posed by some of the other Halloween films. Mm-hmm. It was kind of implied in one um, Jamie, which is the daughter, not Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie Strode, mm-hmm. or they don't call it Strode. The daughter, she like stabs the, her, her stepmother yeah. in the bath at one of the movies and is holding the knife and like and oh Loomis is like no no because obviously like it's implied that it's kind of passed mm-hmm. on and I'm okay with that as long as they I'd be okay with some sort of passing of the torch we'll just have to wait and see any other predictions for the next movie before we skied out a lot of this episode predictions let's see and besides Michael's gonna be super pissed <laughs> 
Not that he's going to say anything about it. <laughs> it's not the first time gotten set on fire. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Honestly, other than, I mean, he's going to still go killing and he's still going to come after the Strode women. I'm really uh, shooting in the dark here. I don't got a whole lot of predictions. Same night. That, well, that was That's my, my prediction thing. was same night because it didn't have to be. I did. I do think I don't know why in my head I almost thought all three of them would be because it's kills and then I ends. mean, it would make sense because who do you think is going to die? Which one of the Strode ladies is going to die? I feel like not all three can survive. If you had to make a guess. Yeah. My first money was on Karen. Yeah. Or maybe in the last one. I can see Lori going out and taking Michael with her. Yeah. I just don't think Allison's going to yeah. get it, but they could subvert my expectations. He seems kind of like the Lori replacement for the new generation. Yeah. Um, but I could just be reading into plot armor and it could surprise me. True. But I, I would think I, Karen I would, think would Karen, get it first. And then that's what really drives Lori to, to end it all, I think. Because Halloween and, kills. And that would also... I mean, come on. He has to be killing somebody. Well, he's going to be killing a lot wow. of people, probably. <laughs> but then I think that would also be good motivation for Allison, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, her mom gets popped off and then her. And I don't her know. Dad. Damn. Not a good time for the Strodes. Either way, they. I mean, they were already bonding Allison and Lori yeah. kind of beforehand. So I think it would almost make sense for them to end up being kind of like the team. side by side. Let's end it. And she'll end up, I would think Allison would be the one that that walks out from yeah. the wreckage with Lori having sacrificed herself to take out the shape. Or maybe she sacrifices herself, the shape comes back and Allison takes him down. Yeah. All possibilities. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they actually kill off Michael. Cause in, in none of in the originals, it wasn't even like a, a writer decision. It was usually like executive producers or something. Mm-hmm. They always wanted it ambiguous because you know gotta have sequels. sequels. Mm-hmm. So you make it look like he's dead, but you know, maybe he's not. <laughs> He'll rise. Just like he always does the pumpkin at super or just like him doing that really awesome, like pull up, not pull up, sit, uh, up. sit up. Yeah. Dem abs, yo, dem abs. Oh, yeah. He's Jack. I think we've rambled on for long enough. We have, I think. Thank you all for joining us for our second episode uh, for our third. Uh, well, we're actually going to go to a movie theater. <laughs> And we're going to see Halloween Kills and we'll be bringing you uh, our take, hot takes on that. Be exciting. I can't wait to go back into a movie theater. All right. I thought you were, haven't you already been in one? But I want to go back. You haven't though, right? Considering I couldn't think there, I'm assuming that's a no. (laughs) It'll be great. Well, I exited the episode. Uh, Until next time.